Hello, welcome to the Trapidemic Podcast, episode two of two so far. And uh, today's episode, we have Charlotte Dan, psychologist at the University of Northampton, a lecturer at the University of Northampton, and uh, soon to be Dr. Dan. Um, so, yeah, we talk about some cool stuff. She um, introduces feminism, and we talk about feminism, we talk about what it's like being a boy or being a girl, and some cool words for fanny. Um, yeah, we talk about all kinds of stuff. If there may be some audible coughs of mine, I tried my best to get away from the mic as soon as possible before I needed to cough. And uh, I think I did quite well. I didn't cough up a lung and I'm still alive. Um, she was touch and go for a second, but yeah, yeah, we were okay. It was okay. So yeah. Welcome. Thanks for listening. Let's get going. If um, you haven't already, subscribe and drop us a nice review. Five stars or no or nothing, man. Just, just, just say something nice or don't say anything at all. You know, it helps get the podcast in in uh, scoreboards and and helps get more listeners and more people. We can talk to more interesting people, share more cool ideas. Thank you. you on the train so me and tanya are on the way to a feminist talk by an amazing academic called sarah ahmed and um she was given a talk on sexual harassment and um what's the best way to put it like use abuse and complaint okay so it was going to be quite a you know serious kind of talk and we're waiting at the train station get on the train it's really busy you know it's like nearly six o'clock it's going to london get in the carriage and they're like there are two seats left so not we wouldn't be able to sit next to each other but kind of diagonal opposite each other on yeah. the carriage so i sit down and there's this one seat free and people are sitting around and tanya says to the guy who's there because he's got a suitcase with him um is anyone sitting there he's like really nonchalant no and she's like okay well uh can you can you move your suitcase? No. <laughs> and no lie, like the carriage is made up by a lot of women, and you just kind of he must have sensed the glares at his direction. And she went. I mean, she's she's amazing because I don't know what I would have done in that kind of scenario. And she just went, "Sorry, do you want to say that again?" <laughs> and he he went, "No, I'm not moving it. You can move it if you want." Literally, we were like, "You couldn't get more ironic right now." There's this woman sitting next to me going, but did you buy two seats? And literally kept saying, like, but did you buy two seats? <laughs> but did you buy two seats? And he went, I'm not moving it. And she went, well, I want to sit down. And he went, well, you can move it. Where do you want me to put it? 
And she was like, there's a whole rack up here for your suitcase. Or there's this bit at the end of the carriage that this is made for suitcases. So anyway, this woman's still sitting there. We're all glaring. This woman's sitting there going, but did you buy two seats? But did you buy <laughs> two seats? Literally, literally over and over. And um, yeah, so really slowly he got up, got the suitcase, put it up on the rack. And then Tanya did the best thing ever. She woman spread the whole space. So just to clarify what What's I mean that? by this. <laughs> that sounds, so, sounds rude, but please explain what it is. Well, yeah, it is. And like, yeah, let's put it into context. So mansplaining, right? So when a guy will take up physically as much space as he can and you know we're talking power poses of men who will spread out legs wide open arms on chairs and whereas women usually do the exact opposite no tanya sat there legs wide open (laughs) book everywhere laptop food and this guy i'm not joking for the whole journey just sat facing the window with his headphones on and did not move for an hour he must have had a shitty day so that really set up the tone um and you know you kind of like oh i don't want to be shitty with him but you kind of just wanted to be like do you want a hand with your suitcase because you were making out it was really heavy as we we're going off the train but you know i'm not that petty you definitely should have done that <laughs> so yeah we went to this talk and it was um yeah it was amazing i can't i can't even we're still processing there was so much um and i think to start with feminism you know where do you start i mean there is so much so where where do you want me to start with this if you want a how would you approach it what do you make of it and then i can well, i don't really know what it is okay if i'm honest because i mean i was just taught by my mom that it, everyone's equal yeah which is a really respectful thing you'd think would be common sense but it's not so i don't know what feminism is other than the pursuit of that i guess yeah of equality yeah to me and how I make sense of it. And I think I have to put that caveat in first because I think, you know, there is no one set set definition of feminism. And that's the point I wanted to get across. It's not like this is exactly what feminism is. I think it's different for a lot of people. But the main premise is that, you know, it's it's equality. And for the feminism that I was introduced to, you know, this is a relatively new thing to me. I'm not a feminist that experienced the first, second or third waves of feminism. Yeah. You know, this is this is the last few years of developing over doing a PhD that you know for me it's intersectional so it's not just you know it's not this bra burning man hating space but i think that's what it that's how i see it gets positioned as um and yeah so it's about it's trans inclusive it's it is just an inclusive space it's intersectional it's the intersections of race and sexuality as well as gender as well as you know disability and all these other different factors um and i think that's what's important and as i say for me coming in where i have with feminism that that is the feminism that i was introduced to and if anyone is kind of aware of the movements on social media i know we've had chats about what it's like on twitter there is a massive yeah it is (laughs) and there's a massive thing at the minute around um previous generations if you like of feminists being quite trans exclusive and that really sits at odds with how we understand feminism now um, and there's been massive arguments, um, especially stuff I've been aware of over the weekend about it. And I find that quite problematic, obviously. But yeah, the main premise of it is equality, which it's very difficult to argue that when some people, let's not get into the hashtag, not all men, 
Hey, we've got, right now. <laughs> we've got hours. <laughs> um, but for now, yeah, I think, um, you know, when you have some people that say, oh, but, you know, there is no difference between what men and women earn and women, it is equal and, you know, women are board members and, you know, we've got a female um, prime minister. No, that's bull. Like, it's not just that. There is a difference. I don't, I don't, I genuinely, please come at me, someone, and tell me how you can argue that it's the same. It's not. The big problem, I think, that if it's not this, I don't know. Like, I don't know if it is or not. The big problem, I don't know anything really, if I'm honest. <laughs> the big pro- the problem that is, if there is a gender pay gap. Yeah. So let's just say there is, because you're telling me there is. So I'll 23% say there is. generally. So if, let's say there's a gender pay gap. There is a gender pay gap. The problem is, sometimes people who aren't necessarily scientists or evidence-based mm-hmm. or academics mm-hmm. are regurgitating research that's wrong that's read into wrong. Yeah. So the 79, 79 cents to the dollar yeah, yeah, research that, is yeah, well yeah, known. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I've read that paper. Yeah. So if you actually read the paper, it's, it's yeah. not about men and women for the same job. Yeah. That actual research is about men doing more dangerous jobs yeah. and women taking a leave of absence more often, normally because of children or yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, and there you go. That, that's part-time. another inherent part of it. You know, there are, to take it on a, uh, on a different strand, but it is related in mm. that, you know, women are kind of positioned as expected to have kids. So they're going to have this leave of absence and then how that's portrayed in workplaces. I know of women who have gone off and had children and then coming back to the workplace and it's not done in a way that, and it, you know, I'll talk about this, it's not done in a way that's malicious and this is the issue, that someone has said to her of a management position, oh, are you thinking about having any more kids? No, to or me... To see if we can keep you on or exactly yeah, that's, that's the first bit. thing that comes to my mind and it might have been up. positioned in a way that seems really oh you know we're just trying to engage conversation and let's have a chat about kids no i'm sorry if you're in that position of power as a manager and you're asking an employee about you know are you having any more kids you've got a motive there you can't deny that and men don't get asked the same thing no that's what that's where the equality thing exactly. i'm just gonna say that because that's not i've never been asked that no um yeah and how old's your son now two and at any point has anyone ever said to you, apart from he's super cute, which he is, <laughs> but you know, outside of <coughs> a, a, outside of that, has anyone said to you in work, like, oh, are you thinking about any more kids? Or not, you know. not as not in any kind of like secretive, because then we need to know about what you're doing exactly. next year, kind of a way. It, it's normally like friends were saying, you know, are you getting mm. hints for another one <clears> or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's never never kind of a malicious sort of mm. under the table looking for. Yeah. Ways to screw me over, I guess. And that's just one. That's what I mean. That is just one example of it. And I know I'm coming up to that prime old age now where I have that expectation over my head and I can feel it. I don't want kids. I've got my dog. I'm all right. But <laughs> I know that I've got to that age and it's been brought up loads of times through my PhD. You know, don't have a kid now. I'm like, well, I don't want to, but okay, thanks. But that 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 is kind of there all the time. Do you feel a pressure to have kids? Like Massively. And not just, you know, this is not just workplace just being a woman i think no i mean i'm sure like parents do it too they want to be grandparents literally my dad i swear no my mum um she had me really young so my mum had me at 19 right um and you know worked out for her she you know she raised me and my brother and then she went back to work and she did her own thing that's fine but i think she expected me to do the same right (laughs) not to become this tattooed pissed (laughs) raging (laughs) feminist (laughs) um no, she said it not long ago, a family do actually. So we went back to Birmingham and um, 
you know, saw family that I haven't been literally for 10 years, my parents obviously, but other other family members, and they're kind of looking at my partner like, looking for a ring, no, yeah. don't want to get married, thanks. And then it's like, oh, thinking about kids? No, I just like cake, it's okay. You don't, <laughs> you don't have to worry about that. Um, yeah, and then my mum took my partner aside and was like, it's awkward. Charlie's getting quite old now. Um, have you thought about, <laughs> yeah, literally. How, how li- old are you? 29. <laughs> getting old. Um, That's hilarious. Yeah, you, you know, Charlie's getting quite old now. Have you, have you thought about when you're going to have kids? And my other half just literally looked at her and he can banter with my mum and was like, fuck off. <laughs> um, and then she did it with me later on. Um, she thinks as if we don't talk. She was like, oh, she spoke to, you know, your other half and um, he said he wants kids in the next two years. I'm like, I damn well know you're lying. I know you are. We've had these conversations. Jesus. Pretty sure 100% as soon as your mum spoke to him. He told you what yeah, you of course said. he did. Like, of course he did. That's the way it works. Oh, so yeah. I mean, I know my dad wants grandkids. I'm like, look, you have another child. Go and speak to your son. It's not. It's not going to come from me. Sorry, got me dog. Being a grandparent does look cool, though. I mean, for them, yeah, because they to can, be you know, and they don't even live around here. They can but take. Then a... You'd have to have a kid. Yeah. Right. And like, who needs that? No, I like my sleep. Me. I'm okay. No. Um. I think. Yeah. The the. There is pressure generally to have kids. And I know I see a lot of my friends who have kids now and you think, God, I just like sitting at home in an evening reading a good book and drinking a cup of tea. It's just a very, it's a very different way of life. But that's that question of when people always say, like, are you ready? Or like people will always ask me, like, were you ready? I don't think there is ever I don't think ready. there is because no. like the nature of the way that we work, obviously, when we have something, we still have goals and aspirations. Mm. So providing you still have a goal to do something else, yeah. you'll never actually be ready to put it on hold is what, what you think is happening yeah. putting it on hold mm. but it's actually not the case which i think is another feminine feminist issue is putting your life on hold so some people who will will be stay-at-home mums yeah when that's not a necessary thing to do yeah it's not like you have to have a thing other than being a mum yeah. it can be something yeah. you just do part-time like you can just knit yeah, while yeah. you're a stay-at-home mum that's you cool you've got something but your thing can't be like all of your values can't be from another person even if that person is your son or you daughter. say that but you see so much especially in the media that perpetrates this idea that you know being a mum if we take you know you want to spit it out psychologically and look at roles and kind of identity that as soon as a woman becomes a mother that is her central identity yeah. i've talked about this in my research so We'll talk about that in a sec, I guess. But yeah, you know, as soon as you're a mum, that that's your number one priority. And I'm not a mum, obviously, but I'm doing some research on motherhood um, and and use of Facebook and how um, you know we share life events and school pictures and stuff on Facebook and what that means. But um, yeah, that 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 then becomes your number one hat. That becomes the hat that you wear all the time. And that you know, to be a good mum is to put your child before yourself. And that's a massive issue, I think. From my perspective, I'm not a mum. But I know for the women that I spoke to, so, you know, this is research on tattooed women. This is Mm. a different strand altogether. And this is not something I was expecting them to talk about. This is tattooed women talking about how they see, how they identify themselves as tattooed women, if they see themselves as feminine or not. And the mums in the group that I interviewed were, that was their first thing. So, you know, there's expectations for how women should look. Again, a feminist issue, and that's a separate topic. But then it was like, so I need to look like a good woman. But firstly, as a mum, I need to look like a good mum. And, you know, being tattooed isn't a good thing or being tattooed in certain places. And then they were talking about excess. So, you know, too many tattoos, it's it's bad. Too many kids is too bad. Especially too many kids by too many dads Mm. is a bad thing. There's so, so much to unpack in that. 
but that's the kind of thing that gets um you know that's the thing you see you know it, the ideal is you're married and it's a heterosexual marriage you know man and woman and two kids and the dog it's that very pristine awfully like who who does that it's not even a thing who does that but that is the the ideal yeah my worry is though that if you go too far the other way where obviously it's too far currently that that's the thing and anything yeah. other than that is weird but if you go too far the other way where everything else is okay and then it gets to a point where people who actually want the monogamous heterosexual marriage with a dog 2.3 children mm-hmm. that's the weird thing and that that's like oh because you like that you're a misogynist male oh because she likes that she's okay. an idiot or whatever so the way i see it is and that does carry with, you know, with how we understand gender, how we understand sexuality, how we understand ableism, which there's so much issue in that, um, that it's never going to be. A, and this is where I think a lot of it comes from. So there isn't equality. In fact, there isn't. If we Let's just come down to the to the gender level on that. And it's not a case of if there was equality that it's, you know, people are taking your cake away from you to use that analogy it's just that everybody gets the equal share of the cake or the equal, equal opportunity to get the cake yeah that's this is not this is this is the difference that's exactly it and you know i think a lot of it gets positioned especially with feminism that's my issue in that you know to fight for and i'm not just saying it's women's rights but just equality because it's not just about gender it's about race and you know disabled friendly spaces as well things like that it's not taken away from anyone else no. And, but it gets positioned as it's taken away from someone else. But it is if it's equality of outcome. Equality of outcome is taking away from people. Equality of opportunity isn't. No, that's the, it's the opportunity element. But the worry is that the way things are phrased sometimes... Yeah. And I'm I'm left. I'm left-leaning, obviously. <laughs> but, like, the regressive left, the too mm, far it, Oh, yeah, 100%, 100%. Is literally phrasing things as equal outcome. Yeah. So... Let's take Google, for example. Mm-hmm. Google, in its attempt to be diverse... Um, I like that you already framed that with attempts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's an attempt, but it, it's actually racist in itself, the attempt right, okay. to not be racist. So, essentially, certain... It's not just race, because it's gender yeah, as well, yeah, but yeah. certain genders and combinations of race and gender and mm. biological sex and uh, sexual orientation... Mm essentially score or can score lower scores to get in as an employee whereas a minority in the state so asians so chinese japanese have to get a higher score to get in because in the tech world they make the majority of the best of the best so that's racist so an attempt to not be racist against this group of people yeah you're racist against this group of people yeah that's not that's the quality of outcome so you have to have you know, the the exact population of people in your company reflect the exact population of the outside world. Yeah. So fifty percent men, fifty percent women, ten percent yeah. whatever, ten percent that's retarded. Do you because think if all of you but what you should this is ideal world. Uh-huh. If you have a hundred job spots, mm-hmm. you want the hundred best people. Yeah, hun- yeah, now, yeah, definitely. If this is an industry that only men go into, mm-hmm. tech is predominantly male centered. Mm-hmm. And your hundred best just by chance doesn't include any women because there's so few women in the industry. Yeah. The issue isn't that you're hiring only men. The issue is that women aren't going into the industry. I'm so glad you elaborated on that point. 
<laughs> but that's the problem, yeah, right? Yeah, I know, it's yeah, not yeah, that yeah. it's not that you're sexist for hiring the hundred best people. Yeah, it's the inherent structures above it, and that's what exactly. I'm glad you said it's, about. It's yeah, ma- what's stopping women going into tech? Because it should be fifty-fifty. Yeah, I wouldn't frame it as. And that's why I'm glad you went on with that. <laughs> I wouldn't frame it as necessarily by chance. A hundred men would be picked because that's not freaking chance. That is. No, I that is just the structure. Hundred percent. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that that is <clears> the structure that allows that because there are women in tech. But if you look at the kind of news that's going on at the minute of women and what they're experiencing in Silicon Valley. Yeah, head of YouTube's a woman, isn't she? She's yeah, CEO and, of it, YouTube. and th- I, I, you know, I say it's a, you know, in the news at the minute. It's not a recent phenomenon. No. Um, let alone anyone from other minority groups you know we just take gender for the example on that but it's not it's not run it's not oh by chance these top 100 people are men it's yeah how they're getting into that industry in the first place what structures patriarchal structures are allowing that to happen in the first place so there's a really wonderful book um that i read recently by someone called Rennie Edo Lodge, and it's called Why I'm No Longer Talking to White People About Race. Oh, I've heard of this. It is just, I heard her talk a few years ago at a conference, and that's, that's, she's actually the person who got me into feminism. It's a mean sounding title, though, isn't it? Oh, and the title would get people's back up. Legit, it, legit. If you have a look at her Twitter and the people who are hashtagging why. I bet they've never read it. Well, they're seeing the cover, like on the tube or something, and people are getting aggy about. Because they can see the cover and see it's so inherently you are bringing race right to yeah, but I think that people's faces. That's which why it's supposed to be like that, isn't exactly. it? It's supposed to get your attention and then exactly. you read it and yeah. then you think, oh, it's not actually about white people suck or whatever. Or it kind of is, it is, but it, in, in the right way. In the right way. That's okay then. <laughs> um, you know, like, oh, it, so in there, there's a, there is a section that she talks about affirmative action in the sense that, you know, there are good things in place where okay we need a certain number of women or we need a certain number of women of color or you know that they take that into account and and it's such a contested issue that people think no that's wrong and kind of linking to the point you're making about right if the if the best 100 people were men so it feeds but, into that but that's what i was mentioning as an ideal world. Yeah, 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 yeah. i think the that it should be done at the minute where you're dividing it up based on a reflection of the real population. 100%. But that's because where the issue comes from. People yeah, don't agree with that. Because we don't have the level playing field at the beginning. Exactly. From when they're exactly. children, we don't have the level playing field from the, the very beginning of, let's use tech women in tech, because that's uh, an Say it louder one. for the people in the back. That's exactly <laughs> it. We don't have women going into tech. Mm. That's the issue. Mm. So, But that means that at some point, this affirmative action kind of thing will end. Well, because it's not even there all the time then, in the first but, place. No, it's not at the minute. But if we're doing it, then mm, at some point mm. it, it has to be a means to an end and the end has to be actual equality. Yeah. But the argument, opportunity, equal opportunity is the, mm. is the goal, mm. not outcome. And inclusivity. Yeah, not the outcome. We're not focused on the because outcome the, right the now. Because the way I always, whenever someone argues, which does happen, people argue for equal outcome. It's kind of like if you took socialist economics yeah. and try to apply it to people it doesn't work that way no that's what i was going to say it feeds into that industrial structure that it, it, it's about a productive nation it's not yeah. a, you know so it changes actually the focus of the way the i break that whenever someone tries to argue for the equal outcome i say well what about sports yeah. let's take the nba for example yeah. it's not equal outcome for white players no what does that mean you have to hire more white players okay the league will be worse yeah and that's not because white players can't play basketball like black players yeah, it goes all the way down to the economic yeah. regions that the black players have come from yeah. so athletics is one of the only ways for what would be working class in this mm-hmm. country to become a millionaire 
Yeah. Quickest, not easiest for or sure. Or as they say in the me- see in the media, you know, it's you know, it's a, a, a fame lifestyle. Yeah, it's one of the few yeah. ways you can do it because you mm. can't be a capital investor. Yeah. Because you don't have shoes. Do you know what I mean? So what the fuck? So, yes, but they do have the shoes, but they might be torn or they might be missing soles. You know, it makes the journey harder. Yeah. Because that path, to use kind of analogies from Sarah Ahmed, which were just so eloquent and beautiful, you know, for certain people, and yes, white men being the, the most, the path is already there. You're halfway at the, to the finish line. Yeah, it's al- it's yeah, already set up for you. Line. And for, for other groups, you know, that path might still be a bit more muddy or it's a bit overgrown. It takes a bit more effort. That's how I see feminism as that, you know, we're starting. It, it's exhausting. It's bloody exhausting. I was talking to my partner about this at the weekend and he's like, why do you even bother? Like, <laughs> it's just stupid. I'm like, well, no, that's the point. We need to have these conversations. It has to be done. To be done. And I'm not saying exhausting, like, I need a nap and then it's all going to be sorted or whatever. You can't ignore the problems. Um, and I think a really great analogy for this, and this is something um, that we've been talking about quite a lot, is this, you know, we're not in the 1950s or 1960s. Mm. The kind of sexism that we see is not always, and I say this like after this Hollywood report went out this morning about the producer who's sexual harassment in oh, America. Oh, God, yeah. Stuff, right? Masturbating in plants. And yeah, yeah, all that kind of stuff. Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is, uh, it's not as, um, it's not as explicit. It's not as obvious. So it's called Death by a Thousand Cats. So, okay. you know, it's this idea that these slight kind of, um, m- remarks or certain actions that go under the radar because they're so small and uh, uh, you know we've all experienced them and you feel as a woman like am I just being silly am I taking and that's the point right. and it builds up and up and up to an explosion point but it's, it is those tiny tiny cuts it's not just this one gaping thing it's the build up of all these tiny tiny little underhand comments like that comment uh, you know to the colleague who was like oh you know when are you thinking about having a second kid yeah, it's those kind things. of little things that build up that allow those kind of sexes the inequalities to happen so the inequality there from what i'm hearing like in terms of the inequality between men and women like being a man men experience those things but not in relation to their sex so not in relation to men only issues so women will receive the same things that men do that aren't gender related mm-hmm. on top of that women get the the women's stuff like are you having a baby are you doing this are you dress yeah. them right you make yeah. up yeah exactly men you just know. have less so it's not equal so because everyone gets shit everyone yeah. gets yeah, microaggressions yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah, little yeah. shit yeah, of course but it, from what it sounds it sounds like there is a there's a list i don't know how long this is no it's and that's the point that's the things point. that only women get and it's not just women it's then you know being a person of color if you're yeah. disabled or not what your sexuality is what your religion might be if you're tattooed or not, you know, it just goes on and on and on. And I don't see it as a list. I see it as a kind of web because it's intersections within and between those, those, those all those different areas. Yeah. So just as one really good example from a feminist point of view, if a woman of colour raises her voice to make a point about something, she's positioned as an angry, angry black, black woman. woman yeah. You know, you don't get that same kind of rhetoric with a white man. If a white man was, and I'm not saying this in every case, we're not going the all, you know, <laughs> we're not going down that route. I'm not doing that today. No, um, <laughs> it's only me and <laughs> no, but like you know, you won't have any pushback. It's the one thing I, was, I say. My partner was doing it as well, and he, oh yeah, I'll, I'll give the story for it in a second. Um, 
you know, if a white man was doing that, it's like, oh, he's assertive, he's making his point. Because he's already got the top position in whatever it is, it's seen as uh, seen as better. So at this talk on Friday, to illustrate the point really well, um, bearing in mind it's a feminist talk, the crowd was wonderfully diverse. Um, men and women? Me- men and women, predominantly women. You know, everyone looking really different, a very queer space, and it was lovely, very mm. inviting, very inclusive. And, you know, she's given a talk, oh, just a solid, like, hour and a half. And I have such a short attention span, and it was just, she was so engaging. I, I'd, Yeah, like, that would be the ideal to talk like that. So she was doing questions at the end. And um, so one of the first questions is from a white male. And... Um, <laughs> so, like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, the, yeah, there's a, there's a thing going around on Facebook that's, like, got two buttons. So, like, um, male speaking, female speaking. You must see this at conferences, right? So, like, a woman... Will, it's the mansplaining thing. Like, they will monologue. You know, a man will monologue exactly what the woman's just said and try and make out like it's their point. So this this is what this guy was doing. So she's talking about her... Um, she was talking about her experiences of complaint and she left the university which she was at to mm-hmm. make a stand against sexual harassment, okay. basically. Um, she's obviously an amazing a- academic before this. It's just this has been quite a key point in the last year. Yeah. And this guy, um, he, he, he introduced himself and he was like, you know, I just want to say, I think I know what university you're referring to and I'm there and he, he was going on and on. And he was like, I completely understand what you have experienced he must have felt like a good 300 eyes in the back so of he his head he didn't actually say anything no yeah he he carried on but from that point everyone no, but was what like what i mean is like he's he's just reiterating he's what she said point. no he's just monologued as if like this is about him it's supposed to be a question thank <laughs> you my god um so bear in mind that happens. i do i do know what you mean at conferences you'll yeah. see it all the time now i literally i, I can't why. i can't even deal so she is you know she's a woman she's a professor she's a woman of color and she's queer openly talks about this you know she's loads of books loads of research about this this white guy sat there saying i completely understand your position are you fucking joking are you joking in my partner hates psychology who hates academia who hates feminism is he has no choice but um he was like are you joking that's are you joking so that was the first thing and kind of a pin you could hear a pin drop in the room everyone Mm. was like has he literally just asked this question in this space so he said that and then he went on to say that complaint is a privilege for who for anyone that wants to complain so she was talking about complaining about sexual harassment and saying that you complaining is a position of privilege i mean i'm not going to put it as eloquently as her so i don't want to go into that kind of conversation because she she put him down in literally the most beautiful way that i don't think he realized that he got shut down it was so good um but you know to say that to call out sexual harassment is a privilege you have to put yourself on the line there is a lot at stake to do that but that's a different story Mm. it was the fact that he said, I completely understand your position. You're not a woman. No, you can't you completely understand. No. You can sympathise with a position. Sympathise, yes. But he positioned but himself as, I, I know exactly what you've gone through in terms of sexual harassment. Please. It would be just like you telling me you know exactly how a men's locker room works. Yeah. <laughs> how? You've never been in there. You yeah. don't know how that dynamic is. I don't know how a women's locker room works. It's just, it was, it was really... 
for spaces that you think are so open and you do, it was just really like wow he really went there sometimes though i think i don't want to defend this guy because i wasn't there and obviously he made an ass of himself. Really if 300 people really think he was wrong, then he was probably most likely wrong. He was definitely shit, right? wrong. <laughs> but um, I think sometimes people just don't communicate well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So someone yeah, will really say something that comes off as insensitive mm. or comes off as though they're mm. mansplaining, which yeah, is yeah, now yeah, yeah, a term yeah. I can use because I know what it means. I've got a printout that's going in the office. I'll give you a copy. <laughs> yeah, please, that'll be cool. <laughs> Put it in here. That'll be cool. Um, it's like, did she invite you to speak? No. Shut the fuck up then. It's just, <laughs> it's great. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, so that sometimes people can't communicate properly. Mm-hmm. So they may have said something that comes off as insensitive mm-hmm. or comes off in, like, as he came off, like, mm-hmm. you've not said anything, bro. You're, ju- you're mm-hmm. literally mm-hmm. just... <laughs> Monologuing, literally. You're just, <laughs> like, manning up the space, dude. Like, relax. Yeah. But you can't justify that for everyone. You can't say, you've seen the MRA stuff on twitter so you cannot say that for every single person no i've seen some some stuff's just horrific like yeah. so i was looking at, i saw a tweet about um if you look at lily allen's replies mm. like tweets and direct replies mm. it really makes you question like that everybody is nice or that anyone mm. in the world yeah, is nice because she yeah. has some horrific stuff mm. but i mean yeah i think everyone should be verified on twitter everybody so we know who everybody is there's no trolls if everyone has the blue tick. I mean, you say that. Because you just don't listen to anyone who doesn't have a blue tick. I mean, we, we shouldn't anyway. But who said we should listen to people with ticks? That's a different story. But if um, everyone has a tick, all the tick means is that you are you. Yeah. That's what that actually means. People think it's like famous people. Uh, but okay. But it's actually not. <laughs> it's I promised myself I wasn't going to talk about him today. But Donald Trump has a freaking blue tick. And please, I don't yeah, want to listen to him. That means he is him. So everything that comes out of that Donald Trump account with the yeah. tick means it's come out of Donald Trump's account. It's just scary, but that's a different. Whereas, like, if you have story. a tick, it means they're your yeah, tweets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I could just go away and start a Twitter and yeah. pretend to be you. Yeah. And then you yeah, would yeah. tell Twitter that, and they would give you the tick because yeah, you yeah. keep getting imposters. Yeah. Where was I going to go with that? I was going to make a point with that. I think the communication thing—that's a really big thing, and I've seen it especially over the weekend. You know, with this real eruption of the kind of um, third wave feminism and the trans exclusive stuff. Yes, to an extent, not communicating effectively and not using the right language. This is what I was talking to you about last week, mm. in that I think this is what shies people away from feminism, and it did for me at first, because it doesn't come across as accessible. Because no, there is certain language that's used. Yeah, and it's not like that. Mean. I know, you know, when I was a sad, naive little undergraduate here, you know, that it wasn't, it wasn't what, it wasn't even on my radar, mm. to be fair. Um and the more, obviously, that I've read about it because my PhD involves it so much, I know that language now. And, you know, you do take for granted that other people are not au fait with things like intersectionality or understanding the right kind of terms and things to talk about race and ability and sexuality and stuff. And that does get taken for granted to an extent. And then that makes it difficult for the communication. Because if someone, like I was saying to you, that, that tech article about the, the sex robot that got freaking harassed at a conference by men that had to go for repairs gross i mean (laughs) you know and and someone trying to get into that conversation and say how you know that is disgusting but then it went off oh but i wouldn't do that and because that is i don't want to use the word trigger because that's just no but you know it sets off that right well you've set the tone now you're basically going down the route of not all men and it shuts off the conversation straight away and it's not just 
feminist against non-feminist that happens within as well and that's not the point this is supposed to be a solidarity movement exactly it's not supposed to be infighting but that comes down to people being bored like their hobby is being a being in conflict whether it's with men's rights activists or the other way around Mm. men's rights activists wanting to be in conflict with feminists or feminists wanting to out feminine the other one yeah out feminist yeah i know what you mean i don't i don't Mm. think it is always boredom but yeah there is an element of like a and this is so this is where i then wrote when you'd said about me coming to talk about feminism Mm. i went and wrote a blog about it um and it kind of feeds back into that in the kind of outdoing and it makes you feel like you can't be part of the conversations i went away after you said about it and was like fuck who am i to talk about feminism you know you're a woman but n- but n- <laughs> that's, but, the, that's but the point. You can be a man and be a feminist. Yeah, it, it's not like a, a requirement. Like, okay, you have women parts, you have to be a feminist. But then, from when that guy said it, he he said, you know, I completely understand mm. rather than I sympathise. Mm. You can't. Or did he even have to say that at he all? He didn't have to say anything. He exactly. Monologuing. Yeah. Blowing his own knob. But <laughs> that's not even an expression. But <laughs> it, it is now. It, it is now. <laughs> he didn't have to say anything. But mm. what he did say would have gone down better had he said, I sympathise with it. Thank you for your talk. Exactly. Just something like that. Yeah. yeah I yeah. sympathise with your experience. Thank you very much. Mm. Um, I don't know personally about that experience. I exactly. I for you to tell me what you've gone through. And what you're saying there is an acknowledgement of the self, an acknowledgement of his own position. But that doesn't come across in all spaces. But you don't I think, see that. And part of what makes feminism scary to some people mm-hmm. is that, there's nothing reciprocal about that. So if I said to you, I understand, oh, I said to you, I sympathise with yeah, yeah. your viewpoint on this. Mm-hmm. I want to know what your opinion is of being a woman. What's being a woman like? Yeah. Because I've never been a woman. Yeah, but it's like you acknowledging that instead of, and you've said viewpoint. But then you know. if I have an opinion then, mm-hmm. it has to be understood that my opinion has come from me being a man. Yeah. So my yeah. opinion is is not less because I'm a man, I can't not speak on certain things because I'm a straight white male. Mm-hmm. Because that's too far the other way. Some people are straight white males. Yeah. If it's a spectrum, if gender's a spectrum, if your beliefs are a spectrum, yeah, yeah. if everything's a spectrum, mm-hmm. some people fall on the side of the spectrum that is a straight white male. Yeah, of course they do. But it comes back to that cake issue. It's not that, okay, we're trying to take away your cake. It's let's give everyone the equal cake. Exactly. Yeah. That, 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 is the, that is the main premise. And I know that's the bit that gets lost. I know that as I've become <laughs> maybe more visibly looking feminist or being quite more open about it the last few years, when I've spoke to um, people that I've worked before, um, academia, yeah, you know, they're like, oh, you're one of them feminists now. <laughs> one of them. One of them. Man haters, is yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Feminazi, that's the word, isn't it? Oh, which yeah. is vile. That's I mean, a horrible word, Nazi. How, how dare someone put someone that's fighting for equal opportunities on the same scale as a Nazi? But we had that conversation about the yeah, regressive left doing that. Yeah, yeah, I know. Because then you use the word for someone who... Like, someone would have called that guy a Nazi because he said, I understand your plight rather than I sympathise with you and thank you for the talk. Some yeah. people would have said, oh, he's like a straight white male. He's a Nazi. He's inherently whatever, this, this and this. He's a Nazi. And then we don't have words for real <laughs> white supremacists because we've wasted the word. Yeah. Nazi is a powerful word. Yeah, it and if you waste is. it on, you don't have a word for the real Nazis. So if, when Trump is coming out and saying there's there's wrongdoings on both sides. Mm. Oh, please. Yeah, now, okay, 
the violence is wrongdoings on both sides. Cool, fine, but the wrongdoings on the lefty side of it mm. is not con- in comparison to no, white supremacy, which, firstly, scientifically makes no fucking sense anyway. But they're not the same thing. No, it's not difficult to come out and say white supremacy is wrong. No, but it's this not is difficult to say that racism. No, wrong. but you, Alex, as someone that recognises your own position, as opposed to let's not focus too much on him, as opposed to yeah. Trump, <laughs> you know, who does not clearly does not or doesn't does not he does recognize his power as a white man there's a a beautiful if you haven't read it article um in the atlantic a couple of months ago about trump being the first white president it's a mm, such an articulate article how he has become such a you know a big figure on the back of um barack obama um the first president who actually matters that he's white because everyone else was just okay. There's a president. Just so on he's the back the first of one that appeals to oh, the first white president after Obama. Right, and, okay. it, and it how it's it's beautiful. Just have it, I I can't articulate in the way that the the author did, but it's it's so so well written on that kind of issue around race and in the Atlantic. he doesn't so yeah in the Atlantic. So he does recognise in his position in that because he's using his white power to get away with the stuff that he's doing. But on the same token, he does not understand his position as a white man mm. as opposed to being a woman or a person of colour or you know all the other stuff. It's just like being in an episode of the freaking Twilight Zone. It I is can't weird, even. I can't time. even. Literally it was only like a couple of months ago. I was driving to work and I was like, fuck, Trump's president. <laughs> and he just it just took that long to register. <coughs> but I can't I can't focus too much on him because I, I It's Christmas soon. The Home Alone films will be on. I can't I can't and he's in it's ruined it for me. <laughs> it for me um yeah i mean coming back <laughs> coming back to that kind of idea of what a feminist is or how people see it so the people that i spoke to that i used to work with who are really like yeah they literally were thinking i was this really kind of radical man hating like i was going to go round with hairy legs which by the way if you want to do that i can do that but like as if you know they had a, a that that word completely changed their view on me like a label yeah it's a really powerful label but i think for the in some circles for the wrong reasons and then yeah even within that kind of group so that's kind of coming back to where we were going with it and that okay so i i identify as a feminist this is a fairly new thing for me it's only been a few years whereas you've got you know feminists who have been fighting for years and years and they've been to rallies and they've actively protested and they've made stances you know left their jobs or they've you know they then you get a kind of comparison and it's not about that Mm. it's not about that because then the the idea of being a feminist dissipates it's about equality and then if you have infighting that just removes the whole the whole point but this is i don't know if there's a feminist equivalent term or you just use the same term it's dick waving it's i'm more feminist (laughs) than you it's a pissing contest there's a there's a one that's just being an asshole it's like i'm i'm (laughs) it's virtue signaling I'm more virtuous than you. Yeah, 100%. I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. far more offended than you at this the plight of this incredibly small minority. And that's what gets drawn on in the media. That's why I didn't want to use the word trigger because you think about the, you that's know. The, yeah, you think about that exact thing. That's the exactly, yeah. it's the, you know, the memes that you see about it. There's very like, oh, triggered feminists. It's like, a you know, to outdo each other in terms of being triggered. And and that, that word has lost its kind of meaning in those, in those kind of social media spaces, which is a, which is a shame. Um yeah 
Yeah, the, so problematic. The virtue signaling thing is really dangerous because, and it relates to the calling people Nazis thing. Mm. It's being more offended than each other. And I'm so offended by this minor infraction this or a microaggression, mm. which in its nature sounds like a minor infraction. It's called a microaggression. No one punched anybody. Like the thousand cuts thing. Right. But individually, that's a small thing. Yep. Now, the point is is wonderful. The thousand cuts, that's a wonderful point. I didn't make it. I just really liked yeah, it. It's, it's, a, it's a beautifully though. eloquent way of putting it. But that it, one yeah. little cut, if I lose my shit over the whole load of cuts, that's fine. If exactly. I lose my shit over one little cut and start calling people Nazis and I call them a bigot and a racist and everything yeah. under the sun on one yeah. little cut, it's like what? how on earth does anybody expect or how on earth did anyone not think that trump would rise out of that mm. if everyone is attacking you go to the one side that seemed to not do that oh 100 percent. that says so much about the kind of culture that we're in and the historical context and the social media world that we're in which i don't think is a bad thing inherently you know it's just you know reality tv takes over from actual real politics but i think and i want to be hopeful in this because you need it um that actually it's going to spawn a lot i think it's going to spawn better politics it's definitely created a lot more conversation around politics i'm having conversations with people about politics who would not it wouldn't even be on their radar that's the benefit of trump he's that's like, what i mean that's and that's that's awful to say but he's, but he's got yeah. something beneficial in that everyone is now i mean brexit did here Oh, that's what I mean. Yeah, it's not just Trump, Christ. Like Please, for, it's not all about Farage, him. Farage, or UKIP, not not just Farage. I mean, he he obviously led the party mm. to to gain the prominence that mm. it did and win seats and stuff. But you know, the rise of UKIP had people involved in politics that weren't before that were maybe involved because of UKIP on the mm. UKIP side, yeah. and people who weren't really that interested, disinterested. But uh, that was totally myself, for the wrong reasons. For example, though. I mean, I I didn't give a shit about politics before because it yeah. literally made no difference to my life like none i came Can you out you see that as a position from a white male though how it would make no difference yeah but i came you. out of a dog shit i came out of a, the first person to get fucking gcse's yeah, 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 yeah like i know what you mean it made no difference to me yeah, yeah. whatsoever if because i i grew up with the Labour government and then there was the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the Conservative government. We're both from similar areas. And Labour I felt exactly the same. Yeah, I, had, I, I had no money in every era. Yeah. So it made no difference to me whatsoever. Mm. And then it was the point where none of them represent me. They still don't represent me. None of them actually no, represent me. No, of course me. they don't. Course Why they on don't. earth are we using a system that we used when we as a village selected the one guy that could read to go to <laughs> London and give, us, give them our opinion because yeah. we can't read. So you give them our opinion. We're the proles. Right now, I can tweet anyone in the fucking world. Yeah. Why do I need to pick one guy to yeah. give my opinion? Why can't we vote on everything? So can, you could do it on a Twitter poll. Yeah. <laughs> Brexit or no? No? Okay. So two things with Brexit that. Brexit tax? No. Yes, no. You know what? I can't, I can't give you a lowdown on politics because that's just, you know, next level. You know, the structure that, yes, I think that there are inherent issues, but, you know, we talk about changing a structure that's already it's, it's made for that structure, but that's a separate kind of inception kind of argument um the male system too yeah the, yeah uh, yeah inherently when uh, talks in the house of commons it's uh, you know um where was what was the second point i was going to go with that i've just there's so many oh, things yeah, I interrupted you. No, no no there's so many <laughs> things that i wanted to say um i think for me it more came on my radar 
wasn't even like oh you know suffragettes it wasn't even like that as soon as I turned 18 and vote I did but it, that wasn't my initial intention I just think you know you have that right and you should mm. it more came onto my radar yeah more around the Brexit stuff you know a lot more then especially because you know, and it happens you know you have different politics in your family so my family are working class so they were voting completely different to where I was going I'm a lot more left-leaning than any of them are um and it caused conflict mm. because I'd go home and say, you know, you're basically voting for someone who wants to take away women's rights. I mean, I'm not a mother, so I'm not I'm doing I'm not doing this out of selfish needs. But you want to take away women's, um, you know, maternity pay or maternity leave or, you know, equal rights in the workplace. And you think that's OK. And they're like, no, because we're focusing on freaking immigration. I'm not even we can't even have a conversation about this because mm. I'll just get angry. Paternity's but, in that, too. Yeah. And that yeah. was largely ignored. Um, I mean, two. It's still shit. Men only allowed two weeks. Oh, to, I agree. I have to go I back com- to work. I completely agree. I think it should be longer. You know, the women I mean, push it out, but the men should still that's have more all than two included weeks. In there. There's there's issues for everybody yeah. included in all of that. But you're right. So much of so much of the the equal stuff for mm. women is involved in that, mm. and the government and and for poor people too. Mm. The government has absolutely no. No clue. Conversation don't end. Government is shit. Or, <laughs> or, or maybe no sort of incentive to actually get it right and to make sure everyone's okay again. But then because you look at the structure that yeah, the structure that it's made for. That yeah. that is what it allows for. So the votes yeah. are clustered. So London, maybe how many million people mm. counts as one? Mm. This village may mm. have twelve people in it. Mm. Counts as one. Mm. So this conservative village of twelve people has the same amount of power as London of with how many fucking million. Mm. London's always Labour. This village is always conservative. Mm, mm, mm. That's one on one. That's not fair. The popular no. v- and that the same thing happened with Trump and Hillary. Oh so no, Hillary I mean please she would have won. Yeah, I know, I know. And Trump said and he's actually right in saying this, he said, but that's not the competition that I was in. No, he's and not And if he wanted to fight for the popular vote, he'd have won that too. Let's be honest. If that was the competition, he'd I'm not. Yeah, it. I'm not saying Hillary was any better, but yeah, the system itself, you know, the way that the American politics system works is just oh. flawed massively. Underscore They're bold. All just fucked up. We have the internet for God's sake. We don't. I know what you mean, though. We. That's where. That's where I was trying <coughs> to come to. That. Sorry, that's the. That's the other point I was going to make about feminism. So yes, we have networks that we build, and we do because you can communicate with people on the other side of the world, mm. and that's where the change happens. Yeah. That's that that to me, long story short, is what it's about. It's inclusive and it's um accessible. Accessible is really important for me. And I think talking about it in a way that makes it accessible. I don't come in actually I have this week in class, that's really bad. I don't usually go in and say, I'm a raging feminist. <laughs> I did, I was just trying to make a point about something. Um you know, that's not that's not the position you come to it as. I don't go around with a feminist label across my head. But I do believe in certain things or like, you know, I hear I'm not going to name names, but I hear people saying, oh, um, you know, I was spoken to by my boss today because I said something wrong to someone in the wrong kind of way as a woman being told by a man that I just just so many different examples like that thousand cuts thing or like the guy on the train You know, if that was a woman sitting down and a guy wanting the seat, or if that was an older woman, not Tanya as a young woman, or if that... So many different things, you just think... But to play devil's advocate, which I love doing, by the way, I always always am that. (laughs) 
how do you know he wouldn't have been shitty to me? I don't, but it it would have been framed differently in the carriage, wouldn't it? I'd like, have moved you know, as soon as he said you can move it. That's exactly the point. You've hit the nail on the head. Tanya could have moved his bag, but it's not the fucking point. He's no. asking a woman to move his bag, and he's not recognising the inherent issue in that. I'd have moved it, but there's no guarantee it would go where he wanted. Mo the half said that. He Mike, said, I would have checked it down the carriage. Mike I'm like, yeah, but you're missing window. the point. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And it's just that that isn't the point with it. Of course we could have moved his bag, yeah. but it's not the point. It's completely not the point. So take the example of... Um, yeah, I'll use myself as the example for this. So we've just run a research bid. Awesome. We're looking at inequalities in psychology because cool. we know psychology is majority middle class white men doing research on quote unquote normal people, <laughs> which is not. What does that mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anyone that's not white middle class men right, and okay. included, you know, that kind of yeah. thing. Um, so we're doing some research on that. And, you know, I need some hours to do my research. And, you know, that's got to come out somewhere in my workload. Yeah. And I've had conversations with people about this and they're like, oh, you know, when I've done this, I've just worked around it. You know, I've just kind of filtered it in around everything else I'm doing. Yeah, I could do that. But fuck you. I've got other things that I want to do. Well, you, you know, get what's in your contract. Thank you. That's exactly to. the point. And I think because we just like, oh, you know, you want to get your work done and you don't want to cause a fuss and no fuck you i'm gonna i've got my sassy boots on that's it now that's just literally the department view on me is my sassy boots but then <laughs> i'm, pa- I'm I making would a stand get, i won't do it i would be i'm assertive or i'm a go-getter i'm a man's man mm. and you would get sassy boots yeah which is well, uh, i mean i take not, sassy boots because they are sassy boots but yeah it's not the point it's there is a difference yeah but, and, exactly. that, and that's not equal footing is it it's no. not you know charlotte's being assertive she's being I'm being disruptive. A rebel, whatever it's called. Yeah, exactly you'd get, that. You'd get you're being, you're falling out of line, whereas I would get, oh, exactly. look at how, he's a future. He's strong, he's doing this, he's doing that. It's exactly that. that. And I am making my point with it. And it's, you know, I'm not saying there is a problem because I have got it and I have got the space to do that. But it's just people that have had conversations where they have just filtered it in and then, you know, your work becomes your life. And it's not about that, you know. Yeah. I do things outside of work. Work-life balance for me is massively important. And I'm not, that's not just a feminist issue. It is a feminist issue, but it's not just a feminist issue. And I'm not, no, I'm not um, bowing down to that. Some of the, it just reminded me of something. Some of the work-life balance thing like within feminism, mm. I think, I don't know if it's come from feminism, but it's definitely come from women. And that's the, the um, I can do it all yeah so like i can got the baby the and got the career breastfeed, got the baby and also got the ceo job yeah uh, ceos work like 100 hours a week yeah ceos are not the mummy at home who does the breakfast who reads or are they not. how do you do all? that's not possible you can't do it all one of the one of the two things is lacking either you're doing fewer hours as a ceo job and if you're brilliant you can do them both yeah but you're not working full out on both so let's unpack the positions with that. So I find I find this kind of thing really, really interesting yeah. because, you know, I was having this conversation last week with a lovely third year group on Friday talking about um, talking about those kind of issues. Um, so, you know, you can be the mum. Yeah. Or you can be the career woman. And it's kind of like on a on a binary. It's got to be one or the other. And, it you know, to be both, it's like this miraculous. Oh, my God. Who it's is normal, this woman though, that can do both? both? Yeah, you've just got to fucking get on with it. It's but pretty normal. If you're not, like, exactly what you were just saying, you know, if you're seen to be lacking at work, then you're not doing a good job at your job. Or if you're not doing enough for your kid, you're not being a good mum. 
and it's like you can't win either way but hang on a minute let's what why why can't it i just i have such issues it's with a it being a, right? if you yeah, have yeah, two yeah. if you have two parents and it's not just on the mum exactly there is the, there if the mum is parents. focusing so much more on her work if she's the high flyer this she's mm. the ceo so if this balance here this is useless for audio listeners obviously yeah two hands in front of me in like a scale so if if this is the kids welfare this is the kids stuff yeah. this is the mummy and daddy stuff yeah. that you have to do so if this is mummy this is daddy if this is mummy working here and this is the childcare, as mummy's working more and mm. going up and doing mm. her high flying stuff daddy's doing more of the breakfast and the other and if the other way around then that's how that works the other way around but there's no a, way you of can any both other family unit that's not just mummy and daddy but yeah yeah but <laughs> i'm just using an example <laughs> you know mummy and mummy daddy and daddy yeah yeah so that's more about family is. roles necessarily than gender yeah so yeah so either way so yeah. one parent we'll use parent one and parent two yeah, then it doesn't yeah, matter yeah. so but if they're both up high flying that kid's welfare is not taken care of. Mm. And if they're both down taking care of the kid, the kid's going to be great, but there's no career going mm. on. But the the narrative is, and I think it comes from, when I say like from women, I always mean some women. Like you get the from yeah, the men, men, you always yeah, actually yeah, yeah, mean yeah, yeah, some men. Mean, yeah. When I say anything, I don't mean everybody. Mm. But it comes from women that they think that they have to do both. It's not even just from them, it's, as I said, the society that we live in is very, you have to be an industrious, progressive person. Does that come from the media then, as well? I think it's just inherent in our society. That, that's where I was going with that. So, you know, yeah. 50s and 60s, that kind of, you know, woman's the housewife, looks after the home, looks after the kids, that's her job, and the guy's the one who goes out and, uh, you know, is the breadwinner, provides for the family. Yeah. That's not even a thing. That does not, that's so outdated. No, rent is far too much to be <laughs> one single brand winner. Fuck that. But, you know, th I think that, that that's what I mean. That is a societal issue that we want self-sufficient people, not... ...balance in terms of when you talk about work life as parenting and work because it's in a structure that's already broken yeah and it you know it works for dads let's flip it i'm not saying this is all women stay at home dads get shit for being stay at home dads why are you not out working beta males right yeah exactly there's the image that a stay at home dad therefore is a beta male he's under the thumb of the woman the woman's in charge she wears the trousers because you're doing a woman's job exactly and that's say. seen as a negative can you see what i mean then so women doing that that's already positioned as the bad thing then men also, doing that heaven forbid it's not a woman's job because kids are just fucking awesome generally so like it it's not it's not a woman it's just a job it's it like is a job but it predominantly falls no, to have, women you have different roles so i have a little boy mm -hmm. my role with him is different than his mother's is yeah because he's a boy so I'm gonna he's gonna model around what I'm doing yeah. in some way. Um or I'm gonna show him what a man is. Because that's how he learns what a man is. Tell what me man, what a man is, Alex. What a man does. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever I am. I would identify as a man, therefore uh, I am a man. I think where else go with that with more? Um you know, like you were saying, you were brought up that you treat people equally. Yeah. And you know, what's beautiful about kids, they don't see race. No, not They at don't all. see disability. They don't see any of those issues. It gets taught, it gets, you know, drilled into them by us. And that's not, 
you know, that's not necessarily, um, we do it without realising. So I was showing my um, the class that I had yesterday. There's a, there was a programme on the BBC, I haven't watched it yet, it's on my radar, about um, gender in schools and making it, like, neutral. And um, so it was a very short video clip of, like, babies. You know, the really famous psychology experiment where they switch the clothes to make them look like the different gender, and it was that. Yeah, they were treated differently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, the, the students were like, oh, you know, this is a really old, outdated thing that wouldn't happen now. And this literally was, it was videoed earlier this year. Yeah. So this little boy, like toddler boy, was dressed up in a dress. And the little girl was in, like, dungarees kind of check shirt thing. And they brought in volunteers to play with the kids. And they did pick gender toys. And they're referring to the little boy in the dress. Oh, good girl. That's, you know. And the little boy, they're being really hands-on with him. They weren't doing that when they thought it was the girl. Really interesting. Mm. And or afterwards, you know, all the volunteers, they were told, well, actually, this little girl that you've been playing with is actually a boy. And the other way around. And they were like, do you know what? I thought I was really progressive. I thought that, you know, I, I, I don't see these, well, not don't see these gender differences. That takes away the issue. But, you know, they... And it's inherently there. So that's what I mean when, when you say, like, teaching to be a man. I think more, for me, for knowing you, it's more being respectful and what that means in terms well, of how to, me, to treat other people. Is. Yeah, That's okay. what a man is. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure you'll say that's what a woman is too. But, again, I, I can't speak on that because I'm not a woman. So I don't know what it is to be a woman. I know what I, as a man, think it is to be a woman. Mm-hmm. But what it is to be a woman, he he can learn from his mum. Treat people, yeah, people, yeah, yeah. He can, will learn how to treat women from his dad. He talks to me is how he's going to allow people to talk to mm. him. Okay. But when I say, like, teach him how to be a man, I don't mean, like, you know, hunting and fishing and <laughs> killing stuff. And I love you keep up, doing, like, strong pick, kind I'm of... I'm yeah, keeping yeah, doing yeah, like, yeah. picking up chicks, lifting weights, <laughs> boxing, like, all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, not that kind of stuff. But if that's what I'm into, then he's going to do that. Then that's cool. You, you can do that with daddy. And but if he's interested in dancing, knowing that's not the only way of doing things. If he's interested yeah. in dancing and I'm interested in yeah, dancing, yeah, yeah, then yeah. it's not a feminine thing, is yeah, it? It's yeah. not a girl's thing. That's it's not what, girls that's do him dancing. doing what he wants to do. Yeah. He, he's doing what he wants. If he wants to do whatever, I don't know what. I can't think of anything that only women do. The example that I can so, give for this <laughs> um, is with my niece, and she's beautiful. Seven years old. She's gorgeous. She's very, very like seven going on thirty. Right. Um, I will never say to her for the first thing that i see her, i will never say you look really pretty i might say she looks pretty at some because point but i'm not going to make her think that that's the first thing that people are thinking about she's valued for exactly so i'll ask her about school or what she's reading or you know any films she's watched because she loves to sing disney songs back at me um and you know she might be wearing something really cute and i'll say at some point like you look really cute like this outfit is really nice and she'll do a little twirl and stuff but i'm not making that the first thing that i do when i see her no you know and boys get stop being a wimp yeah a hundred percent stop crying stop actually feeling things yeah don't be a girl don't be a girl don't be a don't be a pussy is a tough one because pussy doesn't mean vagina in that context but it kind of does pussy as as a derogatory term sort of well it means wuss yeah, but it's Worse, kind of as in inferior to a penis. But then, essentially. But then, if you said "don't be a dick," what is that? does that mean? Men are assholes. Yeah. Men are. <laughs> <laughs> you say yourself up for that one. Men, men are. Men are. What? What does "don't be a dick" mean? Because being a dick, when someone's being a dick, they're like being a bitch, but a male version. And there you go. So, bitch, it's just you know. Do you know what I mean? Like, if I called a, but you see, that's the thing. If you called a woman a bitch, 
that means she was being a dick. But if I called a man a bitch, that means he's being a pussy, he's being soft. He's being, means womanly. He's being a woman. Yeah. And that's because I think that whole thing comes from boys are told when they're growing up, don't be a girl. When yeah. they're being emotional and they're not allowed and men are not upset. allowed to be emotional. So then they then they bring then they're brought up thinking that emotional, vulnerable, scared, um, upset is yeah. a girl and that's how girls are supposed to be. And, and that's how they treat girls. Thing, yeah. So then it's a negative thing. Yeah. So then the word pussy becomes upset, scared. I like how we've just given like a historical context to of how words <laughs> how, but like <coughs> it's in our vernacular so mm. we'll still say pussy we'll still say bitch I'll still say dickhead or stuff like that you can swear on this by the way in case you no no I just no I won't <laughs> like I wouldn't use the word pussy so we've had this conversation about cunt yeah so like that the, the conference that I went to that we made we felted vaginas. It was the most amazing thing. That's an interesting word, though, because that's not a weak word. Exactly, and that's what I mean. It comes across as very empowering, especially in the yeah. context that we had. It was a feminist conference, for Christ's sake, and we put up um, bunting, but for the person that made it, it was not me, obviously, but the person titled it as cunting, and it was up in a very kind of conservative castle, like royal. It was just the best <laughs> thing. And yeah, it's a real re- you know, a reclamation of of that word um and yeah, it's a sure. powerful word it, it, i mean it means arsehole doesn't it It means you, you're an aggressive it's person. still it's still like yeah it's still obviously uses like a, der- a derogatory term but it's a, a very it powerful term weak. no it doesn't mean weak it means assertive mm. and difficult mm. and it's kind of a man word isn't it it's like calling someone a dick if you call someone a cunt it's the same kind of thing it's like you're being a cunt well to use like um i think it was betty white you know like the hollywood yeah you know she says, you know, I don't understand why people say grow some balls because balls are really weak. You know. Oh, for sure, grow yeah. A, grow a cunt. She's, ab- she's absolutely right. Yeah, she's completely right. on point with that. I mean, yeah, childbirth for one. Yeah. And the pain, what the pain tolls isn't it like 10 times the I mean, I can't, I can't, I couldn't tell you. I think the science is it's 10 times the amount a human is supposed to be able to withstand. I just know, childbirth. I just, I want another dog. I don't want, Yeah, I just can't. get a dog. <laughs> I can't, I can't. No I pain involved. <laughs> But, but it's know. not supposed to be able to stretch like that and then come back. So it is technically, <laughs> that's the word, that would be strength. It is strength, and completely. balls would be delicate. <laughs> yeah. But you say, I've got balls. But I don't think that comes from the actual genitalia. I think that's because... No, but it's seen as a masculine thing. It's seen as an empowered risk-taking position. risk-taking is a masculine thing, biologically. Risk-taking. Do you think? That's why men die earlier. Explain to me. And that's why men tend to do... Although maybe that's social too. Men yeah. doing more dangerous jobs. Yeah, exactly why. Because women are fragile. Women shouldn't be doing jobs that are risky. Because it's hard they to know to actually caring. without being able to sort of time travel and see how pagan societies did it. Because there are societies where women would fight 100%, alongside men. You know, like the, the we're talking about this in a UK Celts, context, and that's what I mean. It's really, I think, you have to stop sometimes and unpack some of the some of these terms. I know. So, <laughs> um, a friend of a friend, shall we say, hmm. um, male, white. Uh, was staying with us. I'm sure he won't reach this podcast, so it's okay. <laughs> um, I hope he does, and he speaks <laughs> me, and we can get in the conversation. Oh uh, no, really. Um, <laughs> so he, he stayed with us um, a while ago, and you know, for like six months. So he got a good insight into our household and way it works and yeah, quality. And yeah. yeah, and he referred to women as birds or misses. No other not, terms. No other terms. So That's not it. even like a jokingly way. Like, how's your misses? Like no, it's really like, like I've got this new bird. And it's really like that kind of infliction that makes you really like, 
oh you get my back up right and um i mean that kind of that's a, a very one cut to take the thousand cuts in the kind of so it context. sounds like so when he says things like that it sounds like he's not respecting women like he doesn't respect women in the way that he calls them like yeah, yeah. women or something like that you know yeah, I mean? yeah like, we mean with an eye yeah. um yeah no it's um yeah it's really derogatory and mm. i was watching a program you know oh what's his name um reggie yates yes i watched a reggie yates program and mm. he was looking at feminism online and like trolling and that kind of thing and um there was a feminist on there and this say this guy who was staying with us he was like the first thing he said while well, reggie yates is interviewing her about the harassment that she receives online for being an open feminist is she's really fucking ugly <laughs> I literally can't even like and he's not he's not a one-off that is a thing again hashtag not all men but when you have when you're working with that it's really difficult to get across your point of you might think it's a joke and on an, on an aside to this, and this is not a conversation I want to get into, but he uses the N word and I don't feel comfortable no, with that as a like white that. male. Like that. That's a separate thing, but equally as, as really bad. It's just not respectful and he doesn't understand his position and he doesn't see, Yeah. he doesn't see, you know, the issue in that. So he's sitting there calling this woman ugly and I'm looking at him like, she's just been threatened with death threats and rape. And the first thing that you can think of in this context is... Um, so this gets better first thing that you think of is that she's ugly turns around he's like oh you're so sensitive you're on your period oh that's the red button isn't it so next ne you can't say that next Lit thing yeah red flag there so literally <laughs> are you a tampon no so no it's not your fucking business that is the it's literally word. like but exactly what it does that <sighs> happen a lot so if you're angry at something someone will just assume it's time of the month that's the first thing you'll hear hormones. 100% 100% Men don't have that equivalent. It is the most frustrating thing. It In is fact, literally just... Men will get it and they'll be asked if they're on their period. And what's as a that? joke. Yeah, and it's done as a negative thing, right? Yeah, it seems a bad, thing. a bad thing. It's a weakness. That period equals um, being a knob, like being a difficult... It, yeah, it's an it's an issue. Mm. Mate, I'm losing blood. I'm stronger than you. Like, please do not position me as weak. As if we've just gone there with period talk. But yeah, no, hey, I, and that's what I mean. Periods would be a much bigger deal if men had them, I'll tell you that for sure. Thank you. <laughs> that, Thank you. <laughs> everyone would get a week I'm off I'm dying, month. yeah. <laughs> You'd get a week off every month. <laughs> Jesus. Mm. <laughs> but coming back, coming back to that point, mm. it was meant as a shutdown. So he just didn't even want to engage in that kind of conversation and, and try and understand. It was like, right, you're being a problem. You're pointing out this thing that actually, to me, it doesn't, I don't give a shit. And you must be on your period. There must be something wrong with you. So I'm not even going to engage in this conversation. It is just, you know, men don't get shut down like that. Yeah, it, I was just going to say shut down. It's kind of the way to end your conversation. Yeah, exactly. right? Men don't have that, for sure. But if you were to say to him, like any opinion, if he gave a real opinion other than what she looked like. Oh, and by all means, I would listen. But if you were to shut him down with, but you're a straight white male. I think it would go over his head. You know, with some people, they really don't understand their position. It really does go over but head. But if you said to him, but you're a straight white male, mm. sort of as in to shut him up, mm. therefore you can't have an opinion. Oh, no, I wouldn't do that. And that yeah, so uh, 
I think coming back to the idea of where we were saying like feminism sometimes it does get shut down and it, yeah. so it makes it inaccessible maybe that's the view that gets seen of like it's definitely not the case of, I think that gets seen way yeah, more yeah, yeah. than inclusion yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. so yeah. okay oh I'm a white male I'm straight so I cannot have an opinion in this that's not that's not what it's about mm. But equally, it's not about you coming in, monologuing and telling everything from your position as if no, that's no. the position that matters. You're supposed so to it's listen. both sides. Yeah, exactly. It's the listening. Because you can have an opinion on feminism as I, as a white guy, can have an opinion of course. on, on um, relations in this country with black people. Yeah, yeah. I can have that opinion. But if I go to like a Black Lives Matter event, I'm not the main event. Like no, you're there as support, the but yeah, it's not my, about you. My opinion yeah, yeah, yeah. is literally my opinion. Mm. It's not my experience. In my experience, black people aren't this and aren't that. No, that's because I'm not a black person. So yeah. I can't say my experience in that. What but I you can, can say listen. though is my experience as a white person, mm. I witness this or I don't witness this. Or how can I That doesn't mean it happens who, or doesn't do? happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't mean it exists or doesn't exist. yeah. yeah. What it means is I witness it or don't witness it. Mm. But So my opinion is valid but different. So they're on equal standings, but they're different things. Mm. So if you're talking about... You're saying it's on equal standings, but I don't think, especially in that movement, that... No, know. I don't mean equal standings, like both opinions on race relations are worth mm. the same thing. But I think it gets seen as that. I think, you know, white people do have the upper hand on that. And that's not a good thing. But my re- my opinion on race relations always has to be framed from th- my actual race. Yeah, of course. So my opinion of being mistreated by the police, I've been mistreated by the police. Mm. My but it's opinion not the of same being mistreated as what by a, black, a, not a person because, of colour would have experienced. Yeah, it's not yeah, because yeah, yeah. I'm black. Yeah. Yeah. It's for other reasons. Yeah. It's because of where I'm driving or music or what I'm wearing. Yeah, yeah. Or something like that. Or there's black people in the car. Yeah, yeah. Right? So something like that. But that doesn't mean my opinion means nothing. It just means my experience as a black man, it, there isn't one. Yeah. That's what it means. So if you if the question is, what is your experience as a black man? And then I feel to talk, mm. that's retarded. Mm. Then I shouldn't be talking. Mm. Then I shouldn't talk because then my opinion means nothing. Mm. Because I don't meet the requirements for the question. Yeah. But your opinion will still be the one that's heard. And that's the issue. That is the issue. Let's take, as awful as it is, the guy who's just committed the mass um, shooting in Vegas. Terrorist. Do you ever see him being referred, apart from, you know, people that are... Only by people saying he should be called a terrorist. Thank you. Yeah. So from the the wider media, the uh, the initial reports about it, let's say, if that guy was a a person of colour let alone then uh, an affiliation to a kind of religion, you know where I'm going with that. Fuck, it would be a completely different thing from the start. Imagine if he and was he was BLM. introduced as, oh, you know, um, he, this, this country music fan. Fuck you, that's just, that's ridiculous. He gets framed so differently. It's just, it hurts me. The domestic terrorism in America isn't a person of colour problem. No, it's not. It's a straight white male problem. Yeah. Well, not really. I mean, their sexual it, orientation doesn't matter, but it kind of is. But it's a it's white a male white, problem. It's a white person 100%, problem. Yeah. And it's a mass shoot as a male. Yep. Um, for whatever reason, probably an, an aggressive, an inherent aggressive, probably a testosterone thing, aggression. Uh, which biologic? 
I have to I, be so, I'm so like with the biological argument. I had a student yesterday yeah, trying to tell gonna, me that there was, was you know, sex is a biological thing in the brain. I'm like, Ooh. isn't it? I mean, okay, so I come at this from a social constructionist perspective. I am a social psychologist, so obviously the way I see things is very what you can see. Yeah. I'm not denying by any means that there is some kind of biological influence, but it's not all biology. You can't say, right, I was born as a woman with a woman's brain, whatever that means, and that's where the difference comes from. But that difference then is the difference between sex and gender, isn't it? Exactly, and they get conflated a lot. Yeah, they shouldn't be. Yeah. So a man and a woman, sex-wise, is different to a male and female. 100%. So you can be biologically i think male and female are half redundant terms you know if how we view trans and how we view non-binary gender and well i mean there's different as well there's loads of different kinds of males yeah so there's like and it's not just alpha and beta Mm. because there's alphas who are way more alpha than others Mm. there's people who are aggressive there's people who are alpha who are nice Mm. there are nice people who if you step on the wrong side of them or you Mm. start being horrible to people Mm. kick your head in Let's just take one view of it because we are both tattooed and we're both visibly tattooed. Yeah. So um, I don't know about you, but I've been followed around supermarkets all the time by security <laughs> guard, garden centres. Oh my god, old people—they just get the like. <gasps> oh no, I'm going to get robbed. Literally. I did have a shaved head as well at one point. Oh, so you just look the thug. So I look like okay. it, yeah. But you know, j- just as that as one example for how men and women get viewed differently in tattoos. Still, you know. There are things like that that we will experience the same, but you yeah. know, tattoos for men—it's like a masculine thing. It's seen as you know, you know, something that not expected, but it's not out of the ordinary. It's an aggressive thing as well, yeah. Oh, massively. It's like a very masculine, aggressive thing. The amount of times I've, you know, people have made a lot of inference inferences about my sexuality based on tattoos, which I find fascinating. What, that you must be a lesbian. I must be a lesbian because I'm tattooed. And I think that is that is a massively problematic issue um, that then sexuality gets linked to gender in that way because, again, the two are kind of really linked and that's an issue. Um, yeah, I think they're linked. I think you're right to say they're conflated. I think they're linked too much. Massively. But I think there is something in biology. There has to be. Biology has made me different different physically than you. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not denying that, but there are... There are social influences, there are environments, there are things that, of course, Absolutely. play a part. But if we grow up in the same... Obviously, this is... I was going to say... Con- I don't know if conjecture is the right word. I'm just going to say bollocks. This is <laughs> nonsense, right? Because y- it couldn't be done. But if we were to grow up together in the same environment, mm-hmm. no social cues, just imagine, no none mm-hmm. of the social stuff mm-hmm. that teaches you what are a girl should be and none of the mm-hmm. things teaches me what a boy mm-hmm. should be. Physically. Physically you'd be different. I will still look different to you. Mm-hmm. My, the makeup of my muscles will still be different to you. Yep. I'll still be taller. Yep. I'll still be whatever. I mean, not necessarily, but yeah, for you, yes, because you're for, taller like, than like, everybody. I, I, I mean, literally, you <laughs> took me and took you. Yeah. And we, yeah, grew, yeah. we would still be, yeah, yeah, yeah. we would still be different. Yeah. Now, how much feminine or what's known as feminine stuff, yep, yep. you would still do, and how much masculine stuff yep. I still do. That's the debate. Yeah. But the debate isn't that there's that there's no biological uh, conditions in sex. No, that I'm not trying to say that. Because, I mean, that's... I mean, puberty, for one. The, I mean, there is physical uh, yeah, evidence I mean, there. Come on, but the brain thing, is, I think, is a, it's a controversial topic. There is some inherent biological, yes, but the, the whole, as if there's two completely separate brains, that's bull, because we don't just have two... 
no. genders. You know, it's that it's that kind of thing. But there there is something to be said about the effects that amounts of hormones have mm. on our behaviours. Oh yeah, of course. Testosterone is a more aggressive hormone. It's like estrogen. But there are yeah, so, you know, women that have higher amounts of testosterone than other women. I was thinking of that. So um, some women are more aggressive woman. than others. You know, the runner. Um, oh, I forget her name. Oh, she has the condition where she has. Yeah, so she's um, for better use elevated. of the word like intersex. That yeah, because she has yeah. elevated testosterone, but she's still a, a woman, isn't she? She is a woman, but you think when the races come, how she gets viewed? It's I mean, vile. But it's she awful. Technically, she has an advantage athletically. Okay. Now, it's not unfair. She didn't cheat to get that advantage. No, that's, that's what I That's her mean. genetics. Now, from that then, you'd say, well, she should be allowed to compete because naturally, that's well, how she... She yeah. isn't like that naturally. Yeah. There are men with higher testosterone than others. Mm. I'm 6'4". Yeah. Yeah. If you're competing in a basketball game and I'm competing against the 5'1 guy... Yeah. <laughs> sorry, I've got an unfair yeah, yeah, advantage. Yeah. <laughs> equal opportunity, not equal outcome. It's not going to be an equal mm-hmm. outcome. I'm going to win. Yeah. The equal opportunity is he's allowed to play. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So on that basis then, for the kind of things we've been talking about, I think, do you feel like you would, I don't want to say identify because I don't like the kind of labelling use of it, but Mm. what are your thoughts to being feminist? Or if you're like, you know, this is, you know, what do you think for you? If it's what you said it is, which I obviously will believe you, Mm. um, that it's about equality, then, then yeah. But then, but then it will cease to exist if equality is a massive if. if actual that's what I mean. If we do that, then that's it. We've reached. achieved our goal completely. That That is it. But would it go away? No, because it's need never going to... There's always something that people need to draw on. Also, course. some people need to argue. Yeah. It's like cancer research has absolutely no desire to cure cancer course, completely. Because then they'll be mean. out of a job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm not picking on the no, but I know I know what you mean UK, with the that idea that, yeah, 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 that yeah. you know if you're a cancer researcher, you're actually working to make yourself unemployed. That's yeah. the point. So but I see that's what feminism is—that you're working to a point where it doesn't have to be doesn't like I'm saying that exhaustion, that wear and tear, because it's already there. But let's be real, it's not going to happen. It's like civil rights. Civil civil rights. You're working to get to a point where it doesn't need to exist. Mm. We're all fine. There's always going to be something else. There's always yeah. going to be another issue. You know, we are moving into, we are part of that generation that are moving into that space where tech is becoming the next thing. And you see that kind of on a contest, not on the same scale as kind of gender and race and the stuff that we've been talking about. But I find it really fascinating where you see so many articles now where people will be like, social media is bad and people have got too much time to do things. And it's, you know, kids nowadays, they just don't know. It's all positioning it all as really bad because they need something to have as bad. But that's because they see it might it might be that maybe they need something to argue against. But it could also be that they're seeing the signaling, the virtue Mm. signaling. So it just reminded me when you asked me about if I would identify as a feminist Mm. by your definition, then yes, I guess. Mm -hmm. But the issue is, like let's just take Twitter. If you look at people's Twitter bios. Yes. When you see a man that says male feminist, Excellent I can tell example. you 100% that man is beta as fuck. And he is doing that in order to fuck feminists. I can guarantee that 100%. Yeah, That's why good. he's doing it. Now, I'm sure there are some male feminists who are genuine male feminists. If I am, then I am. Cool, whatever. Yeah. That's just a thing, right? But some people are dogs, so they're pretending to yeah, be... Yeah. 
and so pretending I think to be a feminist. I think there's a few issues with that kind of <coughs> outward, outward face and view of it. And that's where I was going, the, the blog post that I wrote. So for quite a long time, I didn't have, to take Twitter as the example, I didn't have feminist in my bio. Right. Not because I was embarrassed to be a feminist, but because I know the trolling and the issues and the things ah, that it brings up so as soon as you see they, the label. So they search it. So in the search it can box, be searched. You feminist in and then anyone that has it in their bio will come up and well, you just you attack think, them one by one. Yeah, I mean, you think of the kind of arguments or things that you can get involved with and people will start getting personal or look on bios. Yeah, That'll be yeah. the thing that's attached oh, onto. Okay. And I'm not about that petty shit. Like, I ain't got time for that. So yeah. it's just, it wasn't of interest to me. But now, yeah, and I think that's where the issue is. So kind of being saying, yes, I am a feminist doesn't mean that you need to have it on your forehead it's just mm. so really really great example is things like in meetings yeah that could be completely overrun by a male voice and if a woman's there trying to get a word in edgeways that you'd go hang on a sec can we just let this person speak yeah things like that um and it kind of comes back to i know we spoke about um the race issue with l'oreal and um, mumro backdoor yeah she was saying all oh, white people are racist and mm-hmm. i completely see the point she's at and it's doing things like that and pointing out hang on a minute you've had your opinion let's give space to this person not giving space because that sounds really like it takes away that agency and it's not about that but you it's that same kind of context that is a great soundbite to start the conversation i think that's what that is yeah, yeah it's yeah. all white people are racist Everyone goes, what what are you saying explain yourself and then she gets to explain herself. Unless you get Piers fucking Morgan, who thinks that, you know, everything is about him as but his middle-class like white maleness. Colin Kaepernick's not. Neil. Yeah, exactly. Well, originally really it was good a example. Sit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first yeah. thing he sat no, down. No, that's a good example. Until uh, he spoke to a veteran. He met with a veteran who said, yeah. you know, for soldiers, how about you kneel? Because mm. we kneel in front of the graves of our fallen yeah. uh, brothers and, and sisters. Mm. So how about you kneel? And he said, absolutely, I'm going to do that instead. Mm-hmm. So he started kneeling. Mm-hmm. And the reason he did that is because then if he does it, if he sits... People will be like, why are you sitting during the national mm. anthem? Then he gets to talk about the police violence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. It gives a platform. Yeah. That was the point. It's yeah. not about the national anthem. No one gives a fuck about that. I know, literally. Not about the national anthem. <laughs> it's to start the conversation. Yeah, 100%. It's to start the conversation. But people divide into teams. Yeah. And I think feminism's dividing into teams. Like you said, infighting. Yeah, it's awful. But on the outside world, it, it divides men activists yeah men's rights activists yeah it versus radical feminism it which is a different thing i'm not a radical feminist you can't be team woman <laughs> you, you can't be team woman and i can't be team man you have to be team people yeah the reason you can't be team woman is because if the our meeting is being overrun by a man mm-hmm. it's not necessarily a feminist issue some people are dicks you can be a dick if you're a man you can be a dick if you're a woman but I think it's not it can nece- be a feminist no, issue, as, be well a feminist as, being, issue. As, well as being a dick. Yeah, it yeah, could yeah, be a feminist issue. 100%. But you can't say every single time a meeting is dominated by a man and a woman can't get a word in edgeways is because he disrespects women. Oh, no, 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 no. He that's not the point I'm trying to say. If it was an no, no, all-men no, no, no. meeting, I've been in like yeah, locker rooms yeah, 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 where it's dominated yeah, yeah. by one loud guy. He's just holding court. Yeah. Like, that's how it is. It, it yeah, doesn't yeah, have yeah. to necessarily be a feminist issue. I know, that's not the point I'm trying to say. Like, he's doing it, that's what I mean, to explicitly dismiss or disrespect the woman in the room yeah. but it's allowing for an equal opportunity to have this the, the space to to speak yeah. so if you need feminism to sort of be the ring man in the corner of that woman mm. then that's cool because you can use feminism then as a way to shut him up a little bit or to make the guy realize oh okay you got something to say or whatever well like this guy on the train i would hope after that that he's now gonna think twice one about coming across 
very um, assertive redheads, but um, <laughs> as Tanya was, which was great. Um, but two, you know, think about the space that he's occupying and what that means and asking a woman to move his bag for him and what that means. Like, I don't know, if that was my kid and my kid spoke to me like that, bitch, please, that's mm. not... Mm-mm. I just yeah. hope that would have at least, I hope, my hope is something is registered that he might think twice about doing that kind of thing again. My thought you know? is always, you know, would they have done that to me? And if mm. he'd have done that to me, it's not a feminist issue. No, it's, it's, a a, it's a rude person yeah, issue. Yeah. yeah, it's a guy who's just being a, a but cunt, you can't because, if you will. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because he has done it in a space where it was with a woman. You can't ignore the fact that that has to have been some kind of issue there. Mm. You can't obviously compare it to if it was you there, but... Because it was a woman. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what I'm saying. If feminism is the ringman, mm. to use a fight analogy, I'm saying ringman because even in women's fights, they they tend to be men. <laughs> I like that you've just still picked up on that now. You just keep doing that. No, I, yeah. I notice it all the time. But <laughs> it's like a spidey sense. I told you, you just can't switch it off because you see it everywhere. But you know, what? I've always been that way. I've always noticed it all the time. Mm. But I don't care because I value my intent more than the words I've said <laughs> which I don't know that sounds wrong but it does because I feel like Donald Trump would say exactly the same thing no, and I don't, I don't feel know. like you're on the same kind of scale oh, as definitely that. Not, <laughs> no. um, I've, I think intent is important though so like comedians will get in trouble for saying offensive stuff like Frankie Boyle great example for that uh, that's their job to say offensive <laughs> stuff yeah. like if you don't like offensive things don't go and see comedy mm. like mm. yeah go home read a book not a funny book because they're offensive. So on that same kind of token, and this has gone a different way, but I find this a really interesting argument, is bringing politics into academia. So there is that argument around, you know, we don't want, and we've had, you know, students say, do not bring your politics into the classroom. I don't want to know your personal politics. Exactly the same with like TV um, presenters, you know, I'm thinking like Gary Lineker when he was really yeah. quite leaning and quite um, open about his political views, like as if you have to be co- politically neutral. But I mean, like, he's, he's I don't f- see that as a... What's it got to do with football? Well, Gary Lineker, I guess, was the argument, right? Yeah. So he's given his political opinion, but just fucking read the scores, mate. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of that sort of... But in his own... In, yeah, he wasn't obviously doing it on match today or whatever, but he's using his yeah his He's using his platform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's allowed to have... And that's the thing that happens. It's worrying that people get fired when they they work for this company, whatever mm. it is, let's say ESPN mm. or BBC Sport or whatever. Mm. And then they use the they get famous from that. They use that platform to talk about their own politics on their Twitter or something. Mm. And it's linked. So they lose their job because of... I understand, like, if you're saying something that's... If he said, all football fans are stupid, BBC should have a word, considering he presents match of yeah. the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he's talking about Jeremy Corbyn and mm, Theresa May or mm, Brexit or mm. something, I think he's allowed, as a citizen of this country, to have, have an opinion. opinion. Of course he is. And if you would stop watching Match of the Day because he's a Conservative or a Labour guy, That's your then problem. you're a waste man. Yeah. That's your problem. Good luck finding a better football show because Match of the Day is brilliant. <laughs> so, like, what are you going to do? <laughs> like, fine, go and watch Sky Sports News. Mm-hmm. I just think, you know, when we talk about politics in um, academia or within a classroom space, mm-hmm. everything is political. Everything is political. The water oh, you're drinking right now is political. The laptop that's on the table is political. The room that we're in is political. The fact that we can have this conversation yeah. is political. Literally everything, the breakfast you had, 
everything is political and I think it's really uh, difficult to remove that from those places and at the same time the same kind of token so you know we talk about this idea of a platform academia is a platform you're learning there you're gaining knowledge it is a a center for that kind of thing and to take politics out of that and feminism of course is a is part of that kind of politics i don't go around saying to all my students you should be a feminist you should be a feminist mm. and you should think this but you need to open yourselves up to allow yourself to think about these issues you know, and think about your own position on it, not necessarily to agree with the lecturer or to the next student to you, but to at least acknowledge that there are, so, so you know, people saying, oh, it just made me think of um, the take the knee thing. Oh, there shouldn't be politics in sport. Why? They're, it is political. They're using their platform. That's all it is. But it is political. You, you can't know, say that it's not. You know who they are because they're in the NFL. Yeah. If they weren't in the NFL and they just were in the street talking about mm. their rights or the infringement on people of colour in the States by the by law enforcement. Mm. The, the main thing Colin Kaepernick first started with is people being on administrative leave after killing people, unarmed people. Yes. That was his thing. Yeah. These NFL players and NBA players and WNBA players, who, by the way, have been doing it for mm. about yeah. five <laughs> years now. Um, I say these are not new arguments. They're by not any new means. arguments, but they're using their platform. Mm. They're known for playing the sport. You wouldn't listen to them otherwise. Yeah. So what all they're doing is speaking up for people in the communities exactly. they've come from. Exactly. Who exactly. don't have the voice. That's exactly. all they're doing. Exactly. But it comes. It becomes a team thing. It becomes mm. a a team black people thing or a team. Mm white people thing and it's not that you can take a knee mm. lots of white people take knees mm. the cheerleaders in high school are taking knees mm. instead of standing for the yeah, national yeah, yeah. anthem there's entire football teams that are taking knees yeah. so that's kids of all kinds of yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, skin colours and races and mm, creeds mm, and whatever mm. it's when it becomes a team thing and that's how human nature is to be tribal yeah of course to be this is my tribe of 150 people yeah, yeah, this yeah. is my tribe of 150 people and fuck you you don't like it we're coming after you yeah but that's retarded. I keep using the word retarded. But again, I don't mean... When I, know, I think, uh, you know, when you think more of ableist language as well, you start to recognise those. And even things like now, like, you imagine if I was in a wheelchair, I couldn't have accessed this room. These are things we don't think about. Yeah. And because, you know, th again, obviously, ableism, disabilism is a feminist issue. It's just another thing. To me, it's not a new thing. As Again, like we're saying, these are not new arguments, but... it. I've been become more aware of these things um, and I find them really interesting. So use of language linked to kind of uh, language around ableism are things like how mental health is viewed and how mental health is talked about. Crazy and mental and nutcase yeah, and all that Exactly. Stuff. And I think of the guy, um, a boxer, I'm sure it was you that retweeted it. It might have been, it might be someone else, um, who a couple of weeks ago, so, you know, masculine guy, whatever, um, who said basically men depression isn't a thing you just need to get over it <laughs> yeah but that's boys aren't allowed to have emotions no. and for his platform to say that though, i mean you can imagine the shit that was caused on twitter because obviously one it's twitter but two because are you okay hun like bill burr comedian says that's why men die early he says i don't think there's a biological reason men die early it's because men have to push it down yeah push it down all because you can't admit a puppy's cute <laughs> so now, and, you, and you just die early <laughs> you have to just keep fucking pushing it you can't express the way you're mm. feeling and that's what's cool about um little boys because they just that's what i mean they can just, they're not taught any other way <laughs> my little it's one's two, two and a half right and he'll say 
I'm sad. Oh. oh yeah. I don't know where he learned that. He's not sad because he's he watched he'll be playing Inside on the carpet Out because that's like the best he film may, for yeah, emotions. He's seen it a bunch of times. It's so good. He, he may just be regurgitating something he's heard. Mm. He goes, oh, why don't you want to do that, Bird? He goes, I'm sad. So you, but he's allowed to do that, you know, and he's allowed well, to why cry. Why shouldn't he? Yeah. Uh, not just because he's a kid. That's even another issue. But boys aren't. Men aren't. That, yeah, exactly. There's the difference. So it's okay for a child that kind of innocence and it's naive and they're not. Um, what's the right term? They've not been kind of impressed upon, like, all the bad stuff. And then, yeah, you hit a certain age and then it's not okay anymore. I heard someone, I th- I'm pretty sure it was a feminist. <coughs> I wish I could say who it was. I'm pretty sure it was a big, like, feminism mm. thing. And it was that, and her focus was there's a crisis for men. Toxic masculinity. But it was more like it's a crisis for, for men because it was like, as feminists, we need to help them because of these reasons and it's that it's that thing it's the the reason men are misogynist men are the way they are Mm. is because they're not allowed to have emotions they've been suppressed this entire time Mm. but can you imagine trying to tell a misogynistic man that i'm not (laughs) repressed yeah but i mean what she said was kind of like i don't think it probably didn't go very down very well Mm. among feminists Mm. among those particularly proselytizing feminists who will tell you uh, you know, men suck or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Which is what you're saying, the infighting, you know. The no, I think that's, that's, that is literally an extreme and it's not something I see very often at all. No, that, but, you and know, that's it what's is, in the it's media. It's there, that's but it, exactly, that, exactly that, exactly that, because they're the, because that's the really, it's the moral panic of it. You know, it, th- they are the, not the poster children for it. They, they're just the ones that do get the attention. You know, it's like when you see knife crime on the telly, it's like, oh my God, there's so much knife crime and it, it's not, it's the, the media kind of blow it up. It's ex- that exact thing. I do not see that kind of feminism. I've never seen that kind of feminism actually, apart from in those kind of media no. spaces. The the feminists that I know that I've been around are not like that. They might be more or less feminine, feminine feminist, however you want to define it. Um, in terms of their level of activism and the kind of things that they stand for or the research that they do. But I've never, ever seen that kind of... that really bad level that feminists seem to get associated with. Yeah. Can can you imagine being told you're not allowed to be sad? Can you imagine being told you can't cry ever again? Um, Depends who's doing the talking. You have to be aggressive. Someone hits you, you have to hit them back. You have to be stronger than you are. Mm. You have to physically look stronger than you are. Uh, you got to look different. If you're small, then then you know whatever. All of these things that you're you saying, can't do this, you can't do that. You have to be mean. You have to be aggressive. You have to want to achieve. You have to make money. You have to want to make lots of money. You have to drive a nice car. Yeah. You have to take care of people. Even though you earn less than her, you have to pay for her meal. You have to do this. You have to do that. Mm. You have to walk on this side of the street. You give her your coat. That's what being yeah, a, yeah, yeah. a growing up a boy is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and that's what growing up a boy is. Mm. And that's what you're told a man is. Well, then, now, to throw it on the other side. And then there's the other way. Yeah, yeah of women who are like, or, you know, young girls who are like, essentially, you will always be inferior to the man in your life. You are there to you know do the chores and to look after the house 
you you know make sure you're at prime age to have those kids mm. and you know you better be looking after yourself because no one wants anyone with some saggy boobs or those kind of things you know you get taught so much bad shit that you could really take in and take on board and yes there is a lovely movement now and i see it much more than when i was a kid of um you know women go into science and that's yeah. okay um or you know to be fair i don't read any of those kind of awful magazines but i know they still perpetuate those kind of ideas of this person's just had their baby like two days ago and they've lost 14 pounds hello and okay that kind of shit yeah yeah yeah. um yeah it's things like um i've seen the men in those magazines by the way oh they're completely objectified steroids yeah completely objectified it's like oh you know the equivalent of kind of like page three on the the, you know that kind of thing it's crazy um and i'm not saying that's a good thing either i don't and that you know you get that quite a lot as well actually that's a really good point of people who are like oh you know women have got the tits out on page three so we need to have make it naked men in magazines no no just that don't, doesn't just don't, don't have it <laughs> yeah it doesn't it doesn't it's not the same thing you're no. still objectifying a body obviously you know there are differences in that of, of women who get treated a certain way for being objectified and being naked in magazines and the rest but yeah it doesn't resolve the issue to make it the it's same a generational difference because our oh, yeah, generation, yeah, yeah, yeah. Our generation, it's not okay to be fat and out of shape, right, as a man. Yeah, yeah. It's not okay to be fat well, and out of shape. as unless, a woman, come on. Unless you own it, right? I mean, there's women that own being fat and out of shape. They own it. And they're cool They certainly it, do, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's men that are fat and out of shape yeah. and own it. Yeah. Normally, absolutely. they're funny people because they can just be funny. Because your comedy overtakes the Yeah, the you, other you bit. can just be a funny person. Not necessarily okay, but yeah, they're the kind of general things Yeah, that you or see. you're someone yeah, who's yeah. really good at something. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. No one cares, right? Mm-hmm. But the older generation, so like our parents' generation, mm-hmm. look at the difference in how the women at 50 have to look, think they have to look after themselves and how the men at 50 have to look after themselves. So the men at 50 can have this big, big beer belly, bald yeah, head, yeah, yeah. beer gut, yeah, yeah. and it's not as important. I mean, it's different now because people at 50 are getting in shape and it's great. Do you think that's a generational... Th- I noticed from my parents that their generation like going down the pub was the the kind the of social thing, thing. Yeah. whereas i don't think i don't know i don't see it i don't drink i drink tea um <laughs> i don't i don't see that in our generation i don't know if that's just me it's just not the thing that it was i think you know oh, quote, quote, hipster places are there it's not the same kind of pub environment as it might have been for like my parents generation but i think inherent in that as well um not my parents to be fair um but i have seen it in others of that kind of generation maybe still a little bit with them where there are still roles that women are expected to do, 100%. Like, a family member, I won't say who, but um, will not cook. Will not, will not cook. And the best thing you can manage is beans on toast. No, Is that an older generation thing? Yeah, or, like or the parent kind of generation yeah, okay, thing, yeah. that's what I mean. Um, so it's not actually that much generation past. No, it's not really. Um, which is quite worrying and, 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 you know. It takes a long time for the message to fill, though, doesn't it? It does, and I think we are Which part of that generation where it is coming in, though. That's that's yeah. the important Another thing. Another reason to, to be careful with calling people Nazis. Give people time to learn that there are 74 gender pronouns <laughs> and then be able to integrate them. But some people don't want to, and I've now experienced those that. those people you, you need to talk to. But the people who are just ignorant to it, mm. ig- ignorance is not an insult. When, like, when someone says you know you're ignorant it's actually a descriptive term what it means is you don't know that information i didn't know what feminism really was yeah. i was ignorant to feminism that doesn't yeah. make me an ignorant no, person no there's things i know about doesn't make you a dick so this is okay this is the only ever come the only argument i've had online is about gender mm. once because 
one, it achieves nothing. No, because you don't get through to the person. But it's the only convers the o- it's not a conversation. The only argument that I've had. So you say right, okay. So you've got to listen to that person. It wasn't even a case of the seventy four, you know, gender pronoun kind of yeah. thing. This person just did not want to accept that trans people exist. That they exist. Yeah, that you know, for a trans kid to go to a school, no, they just need to not do that oh like they said it's like a, oh so not even like it's a men- i've heard the argument that people have said it's a mental health issue not even that, that not they even just that just exist. that it's it's not made up yeah and they just need to it's a phase they'll grow out of it it's ridiculous and the parents that are allow it are ridiculous so this is why it really got my back up yeah and i tried it's upsetting if you're it's in massively that community upsetting. not even a part of that community to to understand that you don't have to be trans to fight for trans rights no of course. but i mean if you are trans yeah, yeah, someone is saying, how much that devalues you you're as making a person. it up yeah you, I, i'm not yeah. <laughs> i promise i'm not you yeah. know what i mean like, or like you know or people that have to have transitioned to be trans but that's a separate issue because that's a load of bull as well but yeah this this person that's an issue in sport at the minute yeah I bet I bet Um, and you know like bathrooms in America because it's obviously a massive bigger thing there but yeah this person I didn't even you know he was a a friend or a friend or acquaintance whatever you want to call it I used to work with this person not in academia before academia and all I tried to do was you know actually maybe think because he was a white male oh there's a bit of a trend going on here yeah, there seems to uh, be yeah. <laughs> um you know i just said maybe think a little bit outside of yourself you may not know someone who is trans but that doesn't mean that trans people do not exist no. and um so yeah i get the feminazi label i get you know i don't know what i'm talking about i'm just full of shit um, so it then becomes a personal attack and then doesn't matter how much you listen to that person they're not gonna you're not gonna get through to them but it was just a joke that's because like like what you were talking about earlier when is someone says oh she's a feminist and straight away the guy's like okay cool that's yeah shut I, it down that's i know it. what she's about yeah exactly she hates well, me i think yeah yeah exactly exactly and that's what i think that's where it comes from it, yeah. it's not but it, that that says something about the label then that says something about the label yeah, feminist the label, and what that is kind of the what the stereotype bad. is there yeah and, and so it if someone says, oh, she's a feminist, okay, cool. So she hates me just because I'm a man. She hates me for something I can't control. Mm. So, of course, I'm going to have my back up. Mm. It was just such a shitty argument. Yeah. It really wound me up because I wasn't even fighting against, like... It wasn't a personal thing. Mm. It was just, like, please acknowledge there are positions outside of yourself. And we're talking about kids here, and this person has got kids... And it's like... Oh, the amount of trolls, like especially on Instagram, if you look at their page, you're like, dude, you've got kids. And you just called this famous person everything under the sun. And of course your kids are going to see that. And you've then that's... you know, children. Yeah, it's like, just... Yeah. They're so going to be fuck-ups. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that is the, literally the only argument I've had online. And I just... I just can't anymore. I just... It's... You can't get through. <coughs> not like I'm trying to get through, like I have a position of power in that, but just to get someone to listen. But if they're not willing to listen or accept a position that's outside of their own, then you're fucked, really. Yeah. Yeah, um, online's a strange place for that kind of thing. It is. It's a completely different online interaction because I think if we were doing that face-to-face, it would not have gone the route that it would have done. Probably would have done eventually, but it wouldn't have been so Most things aren't. blunt. Um, that's why I like the the podcasting start. because it's very difficult I was saying it to Zach it's very difficult to be taken out of context over two hours or three hours mm. Mm. and if you're still taking like if you talk in depth about something if you've only talked yeah. about something briefly and then you move on obviously you can be taken out of context but if you speak for two hours on the same subject 
if we spoke for two hours about this bottle, it's very difficult for me to have said something out of context. Yeah. If I end up saying some sexist stuff about this bottle, that bottle and has it's, a woman's shape, and it's <laughs> and it's still <laughs> sexist after two or three hours. Mm. I've said something sexist. Yeah. Like this, it can't be misconstrued. Yeah. And you know what? Probably that's one of the issues with feminism because it's quite an open space for definition. You could talk about it like we have for a couple of hours. You could talk about it for 200 hours. Yeah. You could still have things taken out of context. And once you've said that one, one wrong thing, so coming back to that kind of language accessibility stuff, you're shut out. And I, I make that sound like the, it's this tribe and like, you have to say the right thing and you're out. It's not like that, but... Mm. You know, when when you have so many intersections to think about, there is going to be something along the lines where, yeah, coming back to Monroe Batdorf, there are things where I think, yeah, I am probably racist and I don't do that intentionally. Of course I don't. And again, it's not about, you know, individual people or whatever. You listen, you understand, you make sense of it and think, okay, well, how can I be support here and listen and not make my opinion the thing that matters? Especially ableist stuff. There is so much of it that we take for granted. So, um this building not so much but i know i've been we had it when we went to this feminist conference in london there are steps everywhere well if you're in if you're a wheelchair user you then kind of become a problem in that space yeah because then you're you, you may feel awkward about having to pull someone else maybe another member of yep. staff to yep. come and help you yep. when they're doing something else yep. you don't you don't deserve to, f- to have to feel awkward just for trying to get into the building. No, but that that is our society. It is a very kind of ableist space, you know. And I think why isn't everything just a ramp? Because I don't have a wheelchair, I can still use a ramp. Yeah, I why mean, why do we have stairs in the first place? Or it's even things like just having like aisles wide enough. Yeah. You know, to get down or um, places at tables that aren't just all seats that you've got a room for I'm ju- you know wheelchair has just been one example there's a really lovely uh, video that I shared on Facebook over the weekend of a guy with cerebral palsy in New York who mm-hmm. tried to go from like central Manhattan to Brooklyn to get a rainbow bagel and um, he was in a motorized scooter and it took him like two and a half hours to get to Brooklyn and New York is one of the most quote-unquote accessible why did it take cities. him so long? Because, one, it took him an hour to get out of the hotel because people wouldn't get out of the elevator to let his motorised scooter in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, This guy's a comedian. He's awesome. Um, I just came across him over the weekend and his videos are hilarious. Um, Two, um, it was like getting to public transport. So I don't know if you've been to New York or the metro station. It's like London. They're all underground. But (laughs) not many of them have disabled access, like elevators to get down. You think of the tube. Because of when they were were built. They just haven't adjusted them. So there was that. And then, you know, getting on and off platforms. You know what it's like on the train where they're like, mind the gap. Well, you'd be buggered, wouldn't you? (laughs) Um, And then he gets to the place with the bagels and it steps to get in. And he's sat outside like, fuck. (laughs) Like... (laughs) It, so it is. He made it really comical, but it does highlight the issue: things that we don't see as able-bodied people. Yeah, you just don't notice. No, which is why you have to ask people. Thank you. That's the next point I was coming to. And that's what feminism is to me. Yes. Feminism is women talking about what women go through. You don't make the assumption on that person's part. You ask. Yeah, there's no maleism, masculinism. No, because of course, of course, there's not. Because <laughs> I mean, that's been the narrative. People have tried it, but. You can't as the majority. You just can't. But it's okay to have that thing, to talk about things like boys need to be allowed to cry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's okay to, to, to or have... Or children should it be just allowed to cry. Men should be allowed to cry. 
A cry. Sorry, I think it's a cry. Yeah, cry. Oh, yeah, massively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Men should be allowed to be emotional. Men should be allowed to think a puppy's cute. Wait, and this is what always I always think is hilarious in how ridiculously offensive it is. Okay. That if you think something's cute, you're gay. Oh As if like God. liking puppies or liking your child has an influence on your sexuality means that you're attracted to men. But again, not <laughs> like just attracted to men, related. that the position as gay is seen as a negative thing yeah. because heterosexuality is positioned as the right, quote unquote. Does that come from religion? Oh, please. I can't even get into a conversation on religion. Does it though? I don't think it... Because um, it's in every text. I mean, I guess so. I guess so. I mean... Again, without looking at pagans, you won't know, will you? No, and I'm not I'm not religious. So I don't engage with anything kind of religious-wise. It's not an area no. that I could, you know, attest As to on that. But If I you read the Bible, it's from. difficult to be a feminist and a Christian. I mean... It's also difficult to If be. I was religious, I couldn't be tattooed right now. Let's be... Well, that's true. You couldn't pierce... I'm such a sinner. <laughs> you couldn't put makeup on, technically, really. I live with my partner. We're not married. Oh, heaven forbid. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> no, funny point on that that's not funny... Um, I went to Egypt a couple of years ago mm-hmm. um, on a holiday. Um, okay. uh, so, yeah, I am a feminist. My mum is quite a strong-willed person as well. My mum and dad came on holiday with us. The first family holiday I went on, I don't recommend it ever again, but the first family <laughs> holiday we went on, you know, maybe since I left home, so like, you know, over 10 years ago. And um, so me and my mum had booked it. You know, uh, we packed the suitcases, you know, Matt's sitting there like, I don't know what to pack. I'll just pack your underwear and your shirts and stuff. That's fine. So we get there and um, we get to the hotel and they wouldn't even look me and my mum in the eye. They were speaking directly to my dad, speaking dile- oh, directly to my partner. Thing, yeah. Oh, it was such a culture shock for me. Um, but again, it's that. I mean, you may have been offended by that. It's not just about being offended. I understand that it's a cultural it's thing. A, I, I mean, understand that's just what that. they do. They, they don't... I, I'm not allowed to talk to women. But what it was so mean, bizarre yeah. to physically experience I it. I imagine, yeah. And for being quite heavily tattooed as well. Um, so the women aren't allowed, like, visible jobs in the hotels. That like It's all men. All men. They do all the, you know, the, the towels and all that kind of thing. It was like, a, you know, a, a compound because you don't... It's Egypt. You don't leave. It's not safe. Mm. Um, and we'd be down by the beach... And the workers, they would come and touch me, like stroke me, not just on my arms. Yeah. So one, on the creepy side of things, but two, because it was so abnormal for them, one, to see a woman's body like that, but to see tattoos. It was really uncomfortable to, I've never experienced that. I've had people, you know, on a night out and they're like, oh, they get tattoos. And it's not, you know, they don't, I don't give them consent to do that, but you're like, you know, whatever. That was a different level, and I was really scared. Oh yeah, people scared. grab you. People grab me. You know, they just grab you. But for they're weird. For people to touch you like that, my partner literally being next to me as well, and he's mm. heavily tattooed. That was just another another level. And say, anytime we went out for dinner or anything, I, they wouldn't even look me and my mum in the eye. And I'm not trying to say we wear the trousers in the relationships, but we can stand our ground and we have yeah. a voice. Equal footing. It was. And I think to see that, and I'm not going to go over there and say, this is how you should do things and this is how you should treat women. That wasn't the idea no, of that. No, it was like, to, but to see actually how we've got it here compared to how it could be in other parts of the world was just 
another level. Oh, for sure. This is the best time to be alive for anybody. Mm. Um, uh, Louis C.K. has a bit where he says, uh, he says black people can't fuck with time machines. Mm. He says anything before 1980, don't go. Yeah. Because he says, as a white male, I can go to any time. Yeah, yeah, And there'll be a table waiting for me. Just Mm -hmm. come right this way, sir. Mm. Because black people can't Mm. mess with time machines. Mm. And that's a, that's a really good point. And that's the same like different parts of the world is it's a cultural thing. Yeah. But I think like here, the cultural thing with the tattoos, like we get grabbed and people think it's weird and the deviant thing. I think it's kind of a bit of interest as well. It's changing a bit and honestly, David Beckham's a massive reason for that, because now 100%. all footballers are tattooed. Hundred percent. Um But as a male icon for being tattooed, can you think of a woman on the same scale that's treated in the same kind of like I know it's David Beckham, it's a hard comparison, but do you know what I mean? Like Kat Von D, okay, she's American, but yeah. she's a tattoo artist. She's That's what she is known for. You can't think of anything or anyone else equivalent. So in my PhD, I talked about this, like Cheryl Cole with that beautiful, large tattoo that she's got on her back. and her back. Regardless of what you think of the tattoo or the mm. size, you know, she got it by a world-class artist. Yeah, it's a good piece. You know, and yeah, that's a you know subjective opinion. I think it's yeah. awesome, but people's issue with that was that she'd covered such a large part of her body, a sexualized part of the body, and she's Cheryl Cole. She's this you know nation's sweetheart, and oh my god, that she'd ruin her body in such a way. David Beckham doesn't get that shit. He may have, but never in not the in same, the same way. No never way. in the same scale for sure. No. Yeah, he got a lot of stuff for wearing the sarong as well, right? Yeah. In a time that I know it wasn't too long ago, but still, like, oh my gosh, he's really kind of bending the gender the gender rules. Metrosexual, yeah, is yeah, the yeah, word. yeah. I don't know what that actually means. Well, some students were talking about this the other day, and they're saying, you know, it's okay for men to go and maybe like get their nails like tidied up or get their eyebrows plucked or something. I know the scariest people I've ever met in my life. Sweetheart, he's a teddy bear, right? <laughs> But he's massive. Yeah. He's like 6'3". He's overweight. Like, just a huge yeah, yeah, fucking yeah. guy. Covered in tattoos. Big, long beard. Yeah, yeah. Manicure, pedicure all the time. Yeah. He always does it. Because he, he likes to feel... That's it. And they said they he see He says he likes to feel like a princess. <laughs> <laughs> he's joking, obviously. He's taking the piss. But he likes to feel good. He says it, it makes yeah. him feel good. That's what they were saying. They were like, you know, we just see these men as just... They want to take care of themselves. Not... Yeah. Uh, not not making the links to sexuality, which I think is nice that that's, that, that recognition is starting to come through. Moisturising doesn't, doesn't make you gay. Yes. It means you're not going to look But even if you fuck. did, it's okay <laughs> if you were gay. Yeah, it That's the matter. thing. It's not, it shouldn't be positioned as a negative no, thing. No, absolutely. But it yeah. is though. Of course it is. But again, I think that comes from religion. Mm. So <laughs> That's where we started, yeah. Gay no, is not allowed yeah. because it's in the books. Um, Tattoos aren't allowed because mm-hmm. it's in the books. But Although, wearing, I'm in sure this there's country, a certain like thing that you can't wear, like man-made materials. So everyone's fucked. Then. Oh yeah, you can't wear you makeup. Know. You can't care about your appearance. You're supposed to dress modestly, wear drags. So you can't be uh, fashion and all that. So I just said wear drag. I meant wear rags. I'm so glad you said drag. Wear drag. Oh, obviously, <laughs> that was in the Bible. That. that would be a different culture for sure. <laughs> but that, that subliminal messaging. So I've been watching Drag Race this morning. <laughs> that's, a, that's a Freudian slip. <laughs> Um, oh, but yeah, it. like, which is weird for this country because part of my master's thing was tattoos. Yeah, part yeah, of yeah. my master's research yeah. was tattoos. So in that, obviously, I had to dive quite deeply into oh, the you have religion of, in that history of tattoos yeah, yeah, and religion. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
but recently I've discovered which I wish I knew then for as for when I write it mm. up to publish it yeah. I'll definitely add it to it but um the word Britannia which is where Britain comes from mm. the word Britannia means land of painted people no yeah because um British people were s- essentially in like mini tribes yeah so they'd be the Picts pictures because they had pictures of animals tattooed all over their skin right Celts who were covered in like Celtic designs, yeah. which we still have now, they still yeah, yeah, exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So much like Maoris have preserved their culture. Which, which is, is that beautiful. is a massive part of their culture, of course. Our culture yeah. was killed by the Romans. Yeah. So all those little Britain British hmm. uh things, there's loads of other ones. There's Picts and Celts and there's a few others I can't remember. Mm. But you can kind of see and they had like cool little designs and spiritual stuff. Mm. And their tattoos were all blue. So it was land mm. of the blue painted people because it of the plant that made yeah, the ink. Yeah, yeah. So Maoris had all black tattoo tapped in with yeah, yeah, yeah. needles. Or British Brit- Britannians or Britons were covered in tattoos. Wow. Uh, men and women. History lesson on that. And I think both, they were like regarded as crazy warrior people. Right. Because not just the men fought, they all fought. And yeah. like the women would fight with a kid on their back. Yeah. Or, or the man would fight with another injured man on his back yeah, or yeah. whatever. Yeah. So it was crazy. So that's that's and that was all squashed by Romans and Catholics, I suppose. That's really interesting. Yeah, land of the painted people. So we're supposed to be tattooed. It's not supposed. <laughs> it's not supposed. To, and and that made me really sad because the Maoris have that. They still have that. That is that is. Their and in culture, Hawaii, though. they still have that. Yeah, yeah. They still have that. Those sort of tribal tattoos they still have those whereas it has in a this very country, strong history tribal definitely. tattoo is not a tribe is it no it's and that's a, a social thing that's seen as a, a problem in itself and that's what i was going to say um the kind of differences here between men and women who are tattooed and how that's viewed you know that's a that's a yeah a really strong thing there was um really amazing tattoo artist named grace neutral who she's got tattooed eyes, like she's really modified. Oh, she's got a vice show. Yes, that's yeah, what I was no, going to say, the vice show. Uh, Pentagram, she's got stuff in her head and... What's yeah, it yeah. called with the... Scarification. That's the one, yeah, that's cool. She She's very alternative. Yeah, she's cool, I like her. Um, I actually use her in a lecture as an example, don't use her, you know, I use the, the video clips from this and stuff as an example of... Uh, it's on my lecture on femininity and I'll show you this video of Grace and yeah. people are like, that is not feminine, that's mental health. <laughs> Because she's so quote unquote extreme to what it is to be tattooed and modified, she's seen as way too far. She's gone too excessive and it's not seen as quote unquote normal, whatever that is. So she can't be feminine. Despite the fact, I mean, if you've seen the show, she's petite, she's tiny, she has long hair, she speaks very softly. You know, she has um, like anime teddies on her bed. She's super feminine. Exactly, she's super feminine. Um, and I find that contrast really, really interesting. And yeah, that Vice show it was lovely. She went to it was New Zealand, wasn't it? And, yeah. and the traditions there of the women who were getting tattooed, and it yeah. was like a, a a societal thing. Like they all got together and they're all singing. It's a real, you know. And we do have a culture of tattooing here, but it's a very much a social kind of culture. Now. Yeah, it's very different. Yeah, it's like a subculture more than the history of yeah tattoos in yeah. this country. And that's what made me sad that that's kind of been lost. That it was killed essentially, I guess. I like the idea that I'm, you know, Picked. historically I could be a warrior. I'm like, yeah, a warrior. For Men and women tattoos. fought together. Now that may not have been the way they always fought. Yeah. But hey, you know they got sixteen year old boys fighting fighting in World War One because you needed it. Every hand 
helped. Yeah. That so may have been the way it is. It may have been that men and women fought alongside each other the whole time. Really interesting. So this comes to what we were talking about last week around privilege. So these kind of gender roles we have, if you like, the stereotypes are a kind of privilege. If you want to take that perspective on it, because we're not having to fight each other in a very tribal kind of mm. sense. So that's really interesting. You know, it's not a, a survival of the fittest anymore. It's not. It's not. That's not a new argument. That's just really interesting to think Men about. Still it have in a that kind of, money. Yeah, it's just interesting to now. think about. Yeah, the 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 position of privilege in those kind of things. Hmm, that's a different topic for another time. Yeah, <laughs> we're running out of disc space. I keep looking at this. It's like five minutes left of disc space. I think we've captured everything so I think for now. We have to wrap it up. We've done awesome over two hours. Wow. Could still keep going. That's the thing with feminism. There is so much to say, but... Probably dark outside. <laughs> <laughs> Pass me bedtime. Yeah. And in a in a true misogynistic way, do I need to walk you to your car? I thought you were going to say because you were going to have the last word. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, anyway, because I made it in it. So I, I you can have the last word if you want. Johnny had the last word. I have no words to say. Just, yeah. I've said my piece now. I think I can go and have a lie down for a little bit. And if anyone wants to come and walk the feminist path with us, then by all means, come and join. How can people get a hold of you? Twitter is probably the best thing. I have my blog on there as well, which I've done loads of feminist stuff the last few weeks. It's just Charlotte JD. Yeah. Sweet. Don't come and troll me because I'll block you. <laughs> <laughs> this was really cool. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks.